welcome to the State of Games, a proud member of the Punchboard Media Content Network. I'm Dice Hate Me. I'm Get Louder. I'm Puppy Shogun. And we are a podcast all about anything and everything related to board and card games, game design and development, and sometimes barbecue. Welcome to episode 179, or as we like to call it, the one about a return to Camp Launius. Long-time listeners will immediately get the reference to Camp Launius, but for any newer listeners, we might need to explain just a little bit. Daryl OTC, would you care to talk about King Richard? Daryl, do it. <laughs> so, all right. Uh, so King Richard is Richard Launius. Drink. And, oh, you're going to be drinking a lot in this episode. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> and it started off when he came to, well, when I pitched working with him on Fate of the Elder Gods. And he was like, well, come to my place. And so Chris came, obviously, and it was the three of us. And then it became a, this was great. Let's do it again. So the next year we did it again. And then the next year we did it again. And then we didn't do it last year because COVID. Because uh, COVID. Because so, uh, <laughs> COVID. And uh, uh, inside jokes are great. And <laughs> um, and so, you know, we are all, we're all vaccinated. We're all, you know, healthy and everything's fine. And so we're like, you know what? We're not going to any conventions this year. At least I'm not, and I know Richard's not. So we were like, let's do Camp Laudia. So we all got together for our convention for the year 2021. And it was a grand old time. But I will also say work was also done, but we can't talk about work. <laughs> and I'm not going to talk about work. We did go there to do some work. And um, we'll mention some of the work we did, but in secret. Yep. Um, but we did play a lot of games. Yeah. Yeah, and that's not the, enough though not enough it's never enough mostly because half the time we sit around going what do you want to play I don't know what do you want to play so mm-hmm. and then also or talking, or talking game design or talking game design or figuring out where we're going to go eat yep. what day we're going to go to five guys uh, how many times we're going to go to the what was the the coach what, coach house coach uh, house coach, coach house yeah coach house so, I keep calling it the wagon wheel when it's close coach. enough yeah, uh, so Richard lives down in Simpsonville, South Carolina, and lives near the Tantrum House folks. If any of you know the Tantrum House folks, uh, we'll talk about them in just a minute. But anyway, Camp Alonius is pretty much like a convention, like Daryl said. Um, so since it is, and we've played so many games, not enough, as TC mentioned, but so many games, uh, we're just going to jump right into the meat of the podcast and, well, talk about a lot of games. <laughs> So, we all showed up. Well, actually, we picked Daryl up at the at the uh, Greenville Airport. Uh, that was a nice airport, by the way. It was very clean. Yeah, I mean, it reminds, like I said, it reminds me of the Greensboro Airport. And Greensboro Airport's about the same size and always clean, always the right amount of people there. Like I like flying into those mid-sized airports. Yeah. Um, our yeah, drive. I'm sorry. Weird tangent. Being an airport. Uh-huh. Um, uh, I flew in. I had a, a five-hour layover at BWI, Baltimore, uh, Washington International. Um, and they recently have redone the wing that I was in. And it was like I stepped 10 years into the future. <laughs> and it was amazing. Like the bathrooms, for instance, the the stalls in the, in, in the bathroom. I'm assuming the women's room as well. But the stalls in the men's room were about the size of walk-in or uh, uh, dressing rooms. In a, in a clothing store like it had a shelf system to put your your baggage on it had mm. hooks the door went from the floor to the ceiling and it was like an eight foot tall ceiling you had your own spotlight in there with light control so you can dim your light <laughs> just like in case you want to have a romantic moment with yourself i mean yeah that's and i'm like man i'm just in here peeing because all the urinals are full but i'm kind of <laughs> wish i could hang out here for a little bit. 
it was like really nice. It was really really nice. So the yeah the yeah it had an electronic light outside if it was closed oh, or yeah. occupied or not. Crazy. I've seen Crazy. those. Those are great when you don't have to go around like knocking on doors and. Yeah, or like really- some people do, peek through the cracks to see if anybody's there, and you're sitting on the toilet. Like, what are you doing? Just like <laughs> knock or test the door if it doesn't open. You know, somebody's in here. Anyway, yep. yep, that's the bathroom of the future. Well, I'm glad you stepped into the future at, at uh, BWI. Yeah. So we picked up Daryl, and our drive was pretty good until until we hit the South Carolina border, and then it was like Beirut on 40. It was nuts or 85. I don't remember 40 or 85. I don't remember which one we were on. 85. Was that yeah, fun? and I don't get that reference. Beirut? <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> it looked like a war zone. Oh. There's so okay. much construction going on. It. But anyway. A, I mean, how old is that That's reference? That's 80s. <laughs> okay. I'm just, I'm just making sure. Like, it just it's an old date. school reference. Sorry. Okay. Beirut. <laughs> First one that came to Christmas. First mind. one that always comes to my mind. I've been saying it for years. What, 30, 40 years now? Anyway. Whew. So we get we get there and uh, we don't have very long. We don't have much of a turnaround. So because uh, we're supposed to go and meet up with the Tantrum House folks to play Thunder yep. Rolls, which was uh, Richard's new racing game, which was just recently on Kickstarter. It just wrapped up, and we were going to do a live play with them. And also, we wanted to load up, and Richard wanted us to ride in his party wagon. Yeah, party wagon. And I don't know what. It was a Ford, but it had like all these modifications. He, anyway, he bought it because he and his family, uh, his his kids and grandkids and everything, uh, were going to take a cross country trip to uh, the national parks and Utah and places like that. Mm-hmm. And he said that he didn't want to rent something because it would have been too expensive to rent. He might as well just buy it and then they could sell it when they came back. They haven't sold it so far, uh, so we got to ride in the party wagon, which was pretty darn sweet. Yeah. Yeah, if you've ever seen one of those like uh, sprint vans that mm-hmm. install things for people, it's like that except so tall enough that you can almost stand in it, and there's just two, had a, three rows, yeah, four rows of seats, yeah. twenty-eight inch TV, yeah, HDMI ports. Everything was like Bluetooth headsets if you wanted to watch TV. TC and I were like super plush captain's chairs. You were like a mile back too. Yeah. Yeah. Really far back. <laughs> it, we had our own conversations and like neither of us spoke over like you, you and Richard up front. We couldn't really hear you and you couldn't really hear us. So like it was <laughs> yeah. comfortable. We were socially distanced. <laughs> yeah, we definitely were socially distanced. <laughs> um, and it was cool too. Cause like when you open, when he, when he stopped the, 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 what do you call those? The sideboards would kind of roll out like a like oh, yeah. Knight Rider Super Pursuit mode. It kind of just kind of rolled out so you could step down from the from the, the uh, outside. It was really cool. Anyway, we're talking way too much about the party wagon. Oh, never enough. <laughs> I hope he brings it to every convention now. <laughs> that would party be awesome. Can you imagine taking that to Gen Con? Yeah. I'm going to try to convince Dan to buy one so we can drive the Gen think- Con like that. <laughs> I think I think you well I think I try to convince him I'm like dude if you drive this to Gen Con I'm flying to you and riding in with you yeah, exactly <laughs> you're like so you could now drive to Gen Con in like two hours but you're still gonna fly down to South Carolina it's <laughs> how <laughs> so amazing that van was <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty amazing so anyway uh, so we get to Will and Sarah's house uh, they are uh, one of the couples involved with Tantrum House along with Kevin and Melissa Delp. And so they were kind enough to kind enough to treat us to a taco dinner, and then we sat down yes. and played Thunder Rolls in a live play. Yep. 
We had. And you can watch that online. You can watch that online. We had, so we don't have to talk about it. Watch that. At your own, <laughs> we don't have to talk about own. it at all. Just, yeah. just look for the most watched Tantrum House video. <laughs> That's right. In the last few months. <laughs> um, the uh, the thing about uh, Thunder Rolls, which is cool, and we don't have to go too deeply into it because you really should watch the video because it'll give you a little overplay video. How many? We had five five racers in that one, right? I think it was Six. me and you, TC and Daryl. And Melissa Kevin. and Kevin. Melissa. Yeah. Okay, so five of us, yeah. Yeah. I was it was awesome. And the the caveat for Thunder Rolls is it's a dice placement game. So it has two two phases. One is the thunder phase, which is when you are placing your dice that you roll, depending on what you roll, in these different uh, kind of buckets that do different things, either pit your car or you know, advance one space and then cross over, you know, different things like that that have to do with racing. Mm-hmm. And then when you get to that spot depending on your placement between one to three uh with your dice by the by the time you're done with the thunder phase you go to the rolls uh, not rolls phase and the thunder phase is when you get the cards so it's backwards but anyway rolls thunder rolls thunder instead of thunder rolls and with the cards you get you get to draft those and you use those to do auto programming and then the auto programming is used to advance the race and you actually move a lot faster when in the thunder phase of it but it's it's more unpredictable because you've programmed your car yeah it's a super cool game. I backed it on Kickstarter. I actually have a car. They, it, they were so just nice to ask me to if I wanted a car in the game. And I'm like, yeah, I want a car in the game. <laughs> so I got a Dice Hate Me car, number 43. And uh, it's just cool. The cars are awesome, too. They feel great. Nice and chunky. So anybody into racing, go check that out on the Kickstarter. They can get late pledges. They were talking about that not too long ago. And uh, you can pick up any extras and get extra cars, too, to make your own car. Ooh. Yeah. So, that's Thunder Rolls. We wrapped up the night. Did we play anything when we got back home? I don't even remember. Uh, that night? Yeah, we played stuff. Yeah, I'm sure. I, I we have the, the list that we have is just way out of order. It's out totally of, it fine. doesn't matter. Doesn't we don't matter. need to recount everything that we did. We're going to talk about just games here. But so. we came back and we played some games, and we just kept playing games. Yep, for the whole weekend. So, uh, let's... We did well. Let's just get this out of the way. We did show up the next day. It was Friday, by the way, and mm-hmm. I knew since it was a, a work day, we should probably do some work. And so, uh, we played, as Daryl mentioned, a top secret project from from Richard, one that he's been yep. working on for a while. Yep. Um, one that's based on a previous design that we can't mention. Yep. But that's okay. Anybody can speculate looking upon Richard's designs. I know a lot of people are going to be speculating these types of ones, and they will, some of them will be right. I will say all of them are right. All your guesses are right. <laughs> all your guesses, all your guesses are right. That's right. If you like running and fighting <laughs> and dying. And dying. <laughs> okay, that guess is probably not right. That guess is probably not right. That's probably not right. We were testing for about five to six hours. We stopped for yep. lunch. Yeah. Um, and then... Uh, we did. We obviously once you get that, you're right, let's take a mental break. But the thing is, is and I'm sure this is true with every game designer. But anytime we all get together and one of us is working on a game, the conversation for the rest of the weekend, whenever there's a, a, a lull or just a thought, is all about game design and that and that project. Yep. Or you know what else is like that that we should play. Let's play this because I think this mechanic is clever, and I think if you blend it with the mechanic of this game, oh, you haven't played that game either. Okay, we're going to play these next these two games next. So the entire rest of the weekend became 
research for different mechanics and different ideas, not to lift them out of the game, but to like get an idea of how to do a certain thing that we might have an idea for for this this new project. So right. it, it it it's really cool. Like yeah, it's just that's why I love doing it because it's I'm having fun. I'm playing games I haven't played before. Yes, but all of that is going into the 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 data bank more or less of okay what can we use or what can i use down the road like just different ideas and different things of yeah just different things well so like it, this one was deck builders and i hate deck builders I'm not, <laughs> not a fan of deck builders and also and, like yeah. pseudo deck builders yeah you know like we'll talk about a couple of them that are pseudo deck builders but it, it was cool because it does lead down that rabbit hole of like oh well let's try this have you played this yet and it led to some really great games that we played. Yeah, yeah. Um, TC, do you want to talk about one of them? Do I want to talk about a yes, game? Yes, I want you to talk about I don't game. want to talk about anything. Okay, all right. But no, uh, what's, uh, <laughs> I, I, everything was so top secret. I played so you many know. Richard prototypes. <laughs> TC, if you're going off the, the order of this list, yeah. TC hates this game. He's not going to want to so talk do we, about it. So <laughs> do we, okay, so, so I I went out and bought one, one of the games that we played over the weekend. Did you buy it? Yeah. Okay. Cool. So Where'd you find it? We'll start with the, the the best one that I had the weekend, and then I just I just went to my local uh, friendly local Amazon dot <laughs> com. So you managed to find it on from, Amazon from well, the UK. Cool. All right. Oh, you. That's right. You ordered from the UK. <laughs> yeah. So I got them at full at MSRP. Oh wow. Yeah. That's I paid that good. MSRP for this. That's what how good this game is. That's well. It's also just because I was like. When are they ever going to be here? Back, exactly. Right? If right. I don't get it now, I've, I, I won't get it. Yeah. So, <clears throat> hasn't come in yet. But, you know, got to wait for those shipping containers. <laughs> it, this one is... So, we played... Uh, this isn't a first one that we play. This is like... We went through a bunch of them. And then Richard was talking about a game, Imperium Classics and Imperium Legends. Basically, they're the same game. I don't know why it's called Imperium because there's already Dune Imperium. I know. I Just know. please yeah. don't call it Imperium. Yeah. But it's going to miss a lot of people because of the name. And just I, yeah. But now it's getting the. It's getting. Buzz. I think it missed people, and then now it's getting right. the buzz again. Yeah. I've seen it on the the hotness recently, <clears throat> and so Imperium Classics, Imperium Le- Legacy, uh, Legends, Legends, and these are. It is really a disservice to call it a deck builder. It's true. It is a deck builder, but it doesn't really. That's a thing that you do in the game, yeah. But mainly, you're building up your civilization, mm-hmm. and it uses deck building. It's a civ game, really. Yeah, yeah. it just it just yeah. uses deck building as a way to like, hey, I'm going to get new cards into my deck and sh- cycle through. But this, it, it uh, also didn't deck. feel like a deck builder because most people, like me, when they think deck builder, they think Dominion. They think, okay, there's cards I have to spend currency on to add those to my deck and shuffle that up and hope that I draw that on my turn. That's a deck builder. And, and yeah, it's, that was the cool thing was this trip was like, all right, you hate deck builders. Let's play deck builders. That will make you like deck builders. (laughs) At the end of it, I was like, damn it, Richard, you did it again. (laughs) Yeah. And, and I think that's the thing about like deck building that, that has always gotten me really frustrated at least in the recent past, hey, I've worked on deck builders yeah, now sure did, yeah. for a little, for a, like a whole year now, yep. and I get frustrated because I'm like, I'm working on one type of deck builder, which is the defined version of what deck building technically is. Right. But there's so much you can do with this, right? Yeah, 
it's it's literally just all about combos and building an engine. And so Imperium, you pick a civilization, and that civilization has its own little stack of cards, and these represent your your uh, your story. It's like your story deck. Like my civilization was the Vikings. Mm-hmm. Which, cool. I would just pick one that I was like, oh, I'm excited to play this. So right. I pick Vikings, I play, and I never become civilized. And the key little thing about mine is that my cards just get shuffled and they're random. So I don't know what's coming up next, and I have to either manipulate that deck to get something on top by burning other cards through, uh, or, uh, or just go nuts conquering different lands so that the cards that come, so I cycle through my deck really fast and get those cards because now, the let, key let me pause real quick TC is saying his deck you have a you have your deck of cards that you're using your hand of and then you have a civilization deck that you're trying to burn through and you're trying to get those cards moved from your your civilization deck into your deck that you're actively playing um, so when he's saying trying to burn through the deck it's that secondary deck that's hard to do but it's it is key to the game yeah, so you have your starter deck, which is your standard kind of like 10-card thing. Yeah. And when you draw your first hand, you'll start to see things are a little different. It feels more like a Civ game than than a deck builder. You have like special abilities written on the cards. They do specific keywordy things like conquer lands out in the center, which is how you get new things. Right. You don't actually have to pay a currency. You just like, I'm going to take a land. Thing. Yeah, yeah, uh, and you know maybe you're conquering land, which I I do a lot, mm-hmm. or maybe you are upgrading your society and becoming more civilized. So you're going for like civilized upgrades and stuff. One of the things that I missed out on was the there's these uh, blue cards, which are the same thing as sort of like if you've played a Seven Wonders or something, it's sort of like those victory points, but also things. And what I really enjoyed about the design of this game was most of the things that gave you uh, a little special ability allowed you to immediately take another action afterwards Mm -hmm. or Mm -hmm. would allow you to get through your deck faster by drawing more cards. And the key to this game is basically trying to cycle through your little main deck, get to the end of it, because when you reshuffle, you get to take one the top card off of your story deck or your civilization deck Mm -hmm. And shuffle it into your deck, meaning that you're constantly gaining these new cool things. Right. More sometimes, cool things. sometimes they're bad. Sometimes there's uprisings in there oh, that's that true. you're gonna have to get yeah. rid of. Yeah. My being a Viking, I rip through <laughs> uh, like uprisings. You're like, like I love uprisings. Yeah, yeah I, exactly. I love I love people just doing whatever, just yeah. riot loot, whatever. <laughs> I actually needed them to to fuel my deck, right. whereas Chris's deck was more about giving those to other people. Yes. And every turn. Yeah, and kind of just building up slowly. And it was a very Chris deck. <laughs> it kind of was. I loved playing. It was the Celts. I played as the Celts. And Daryl uh well, I'm sorry, Richard played as I he said the Greeks, but I'm pretty sure it was the Romans. Yeah, it was the Romans. It was the Romans. And then Daryl, who did you have again? Uh Scythians. The Scythians, okay. Yeah. And each one of them has a different uh, timing mm-hmm. for when they will become civilized. Right, like Richard Mine became civilized never. very, very quickly. Yeah, I was one mm-hmm. turn away at the end from becoming civilized. I never did, but never did. Yeah, 
And and I'm pretty sure I never shuffled some Civ cards in because <laughs> I my deck was built that mine was earlier than everyone else's. And I had a whole card drawing engine. The whole point of it was to dig through that deck as quickly as possible. So, it, like, we all talked about the end. I was like, eh. I mean, I lost. It doesn't matter. But it's like, hmm, that's, that's interesting. Like, that's you have to remember that. You have to remember to grab that card every time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so depending on what your special ability is or what you do in the game, you really want to milk your strategy as best as you possibly can. And so I think yep. that's going to turn some people off who are who are new to this kind of thing, because this is definitely a more... It's an easy game to follow if you've played a lot of these types of games. Right. If you haven't, you're going to have a real struggle getting used to the fact that like you have to do all these weird things that you haven't done in deck builders before and then also have to f- play to the strategy that you're given. Uh, yep. I can't, as a Viking, I literally can't take civilized cards. So I can't look at them and expect to get points from them. Right. I have to do other things to make up for that deficit, which in my case was churn through my deck as fast as possible. And what I loved, what uh, I guess basically what, why I, why I picked it up was because you not only can just get rid of uprising cards or or you have in, in my case I had some cards that were uh, chase cards in my story deck because it's randomized I had to kind of search for it and keep reshuffling and try to get the one that I needed and and mine's like thematic like I, I would found I found Greenland I found long ships and now I could find Vinland right yeah. and you know and like I'm like oh look I've got this thing I was kind of sad that when I had Vinland out it wasn't like game changing <laughs> right but it was but it's still it, a story it was still like yeah. a story that I was following and I was doing and I was actively playing my deck the way that I was supposed to play it you know and just raising things and and putting out land and what I love about the land especially for people who like myself who like to churn through the deck and get new cards and stuff is you every time you put out a piece of land it stays in play so it's like cards automatically come out of your deck right and so you, as long and as so you it keep makes them it there, streamlined as long as you keep the lands there exactly but then but you're, right you're incentivized you have a card yes that says hey guess Glory. what you get this crazy good end game card that goes in your deck it's not only good for the end game it's good during the game, right, and it scores you all your big points for the end of the game. Mm-hmm. The only way to do that is by taking all those lands and throwing them back in your discard yeah. pile. Three of them, but yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But but yeah. usually you only have three or four lands out anyway. Yeah, yeah. and so you mm-hmm. are incentivized to get cards out of your deck, churn, but then you have to make that decision as to when you want to conquer. So you pull all your stuff, throw it back in your discard pile, and you got to chug through it again. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a really nice cycle of play. It was I really interesting too to watch. Don't like, have to buy cards every turn, right? Exactly. You don't have. To I, buy I didn't buy cards at all. <laughs> <laughs> and me, I was buying green cards the entire time because it plays off of my ability as the Celts, and that was what was making me do uprising on everybody. Every time I bring yeah. in green cards, Daryl. At one point, what did you fourteen? Did how many did you get out of your hand? Uh, no, it was like seven or eight. I'm sorry, fourteen is way yeah. Better, but yeah, it was like fourteen points, negative points. So it was seven. It would have been fourteen point swing for you. Because yeah. they're negative two points. points. Yeah. yeah. Negative two points at the end of the game. And I had been feeding them like to people constantly, but mostly to Daryl. Uh, yeah, all, all the uprising cards are negative two points each. Right. And so Chris, Chris's whole... The, the Celts were all about, at the end of your turn, you could just give everyone an uprising card. If I did a certain and, thing, but yeah. Right. But it was like, at the end of a turn, basically it was Chris's turn, 
it was 90% sure you were going to get another negative two points. And so I got rid of, yeah, I've got rid of a lot of, I think I ended up getting rid of, it was seven that one turn. <laughs> and there was another turn before that where I got rid of four. And so that, that was, that was it. But it was, if I didn't have those, I would have had a negative score. So I'm happy I spent the turn to yeah. get rid of all. It's a good thing that you did. Oh, and cards you buy go into your hand too. Yeah, so, so that's cool. So that that also, was nice. That was a nice twist. Yeah. It's also good because you know, like if Daryl had a hand, whereas three uprisings or something, you you have a deficit. But if he has one card that he can buy something, well, he can then use that card immediately that turn. Doesn't feel like just it, left yeah, the rule to was, do nothing. And we're saying buy. You don't buy anything. Like there's no other currency. Yeah, it was yeah. just icons matched up, and you're like, okay, I have these icons. I'm just going to use that on cards that you've played out. That's all it well, was. Well, you could buy because we did this area of land, and you just grab that card from that area. Yeah, but yeah. we did so, have goods, so there is a currency in the game. Yeah, but it and you use it I to activate abilities them. and things. Well, I did. I had. Oh, I, no, I guess I had farm. Never mind. I take that back. Yeah, you there did. Are, there are some things that you have like little tokens for. Yeah. But again, you have little tokens for them. They don't go away. They're not all printed right. on the cards. They just and exist. that's why it's more like a sieve game because you're yeah, not depending exactly. on the cards. Yeah. I'd say yes. Yeah, we had those tokens. You're correct. But it, they, at no point did it feel like they were money. It, they no did point, to me. I was stealing well, them from everybody. Was it was awesome. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Anyway, all we're saying well, is so what, the one comparison that we all made together when we agreed is that if any of you out there have played Imperial Settlers, it feels a little bit like Imperial Settlers in that you do combos and you're obviously building up an you know, empire. Um, it was the closest approximation to the feel of the game that we all kind of had but i mean i think i can speak for all of us that it's better than imperial settlers yes and that's not to knock imperial settlers. no not at all if you like imperial settlers i guarantee you will love imperium yeah it is like the the step up in strategy that 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 i want so i think the caveat is if you haven't played a few times keep it two or three players yeah, four players is going to end in a different way than most games, and you'll probably see some people not not being civilized, which <laughs> true. Yeah, but uh, but in this case, I I like that. I do, however, not like it equally. I'm also <laughs> like I I like the fact that the, it is a shorter game for four players, but I wish there was something that you could do to scale it true. to make it so that the four player experience was shorter all around mm-hmm. because it's always going to end by the middle. Unless you got, unless everyone is stalling hard, true. You're there's these there's a stack of like legendary cards that you can buy by conquering, like we were saying, and that's one of the end game triggers. And with four players, you're never going to get through your whole deck, your story. Oh, deck, there's you're gonna no get. way, absolutely. That's why I said I was one turn away from being civilized, and I feel like probably in a two three player game, um, I would have gotten past civilized and done something else. Um, I was okay in the game because I eventually, like you and I, were like two points. I think like two points apart. Yeah, really close. It was really close. Um, and I enjoyed playing as the Celts, even not being civilized. But it was uh, it's definitely a game that that um, will reward repeat play, and it has mm-hmm. so many different you know empires to play and try out the strategy with that this game has so much replay value. Yeah, and I was going to say two things related to that, like. Richard Lanius was talking about Sir Sir Richard uh, was saying it's very uh, solitary and it is you're mostly just doing your own thing so like I said with like four players you're just mostly doing your own thing mm-hmm. if you do if you do uh, the, the other thing is uh, 
you're pretty much if you want Imperi- the the thing you probably should get both classics and legends mm-hmm. classics include things like Greeks Romans uh, historical ones right, right and the legends include things like Atlantis and uh, just all kinds of things and 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 basically if you don't get both you will feel like you're missing out <laughs> you're missing on out. one yeah. of those two you ordered both right i ordered both. okay yeah and so i you just say you like, can mix and match them so you can have the yeah, absolutely. romans it doesn't matter yeah and they give you a complexity rating for each of them and mm-hmm. i think that's good too just because some of them are just more straightforward and that'd be good for someone who's playing for the first time because it is there's a little bit of a shock with how much text there is sometimes when you're first starting These out are cards with words game yeah yeah. there's like five cards they've all got but, words on them you gotta read them but by by but the time unlike, you're like two or three turns in you're, you're good yeah yeah but unlike imperial settlers you can actually read the cards from across the table <laughs> yeah that's true yeah well the text is the text is definitely larger than imperial settlers Yep. It has some of the smallest text of any game I've ever seen. But that's the one I want to talk about the most because that was the one that I like legit had a lot of fun playing. Mm-hmm. And yeah, you know yeah, when, when we game. when we do these weekends, like I always feel a little bit out like of an outsider just because these are not the types of games that you normally play. <laughs> Truly, right? yes. These the yeah. I jump into things that are more thematic, more deck building related, more like other stuff. Whereas I am just a boring Euro or social <laughs> game kind of person. Right. So it's like yeah but this was this this suited all of our palettes and it was a perfect mm-hmm. game for all of our sensibilities and I'll, I'll just go ahead and just spoil it. it is to me it was the best game of the weekend um i just feel like that it was and and possibly of the year i mean i we it was, still got games to play but i mean it's a kind yeah. for game of the year it's really good it, it, it it's the good. best published game we played all weekend I'll well say that. that's true <laughs> <laughs> we played a lot of good unpublished games that's for sure yep uh, Daryl, do you want to talk about this next one that was also excellent? Yeah, <laughs> get so, the super good ones out. Of the yeah, we'll get the super good ones and then we'll go down the list. And sort of just <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can stop listening in, in two minutes. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta <laughs> the bottom of the list, they go faster. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, oh, there's you didn't add some, but I don't want to type it because everyone's going to hear. I'll mute after I talk about this. And okay, I'll, that's I'll, I'll add. Um, so the next game we played is a game called Fantasy Realms, um, and it. Took me back because I, it's a tiny box, terror-sized cards, and it comes out, and Richard's laying it all out, and I pick up one of the cards, and I look at it, and I'm like, oh my god, this looks like... And basically, at the same time, Richard's like, well, if you've played Red Rising, you know how this works. And I was like, this card looks exactly like it's right out of Red Rising. And TC and Chris, unfortunately, haven't played Red Rising, but I pulled up a picture and showed him. I was like, look, it's the template for red rising well it turns out red rising took the mechanic well, basically the card layout and how the cards work of fantasy realms and then add a tech track to it so at this point because stonebuyer did red rising i feel like everyone's played red rising <laughs> <laughs> a lot of but, people have uh, so, so in fantasy realms there's tarot sides cards it's a big deck there are i believe six different classes of the cards all mixed in of different, of well, different... you you misspoke. You said Fantasy Realms is tarot sized, but Red Rising is tarot sized, right? Because Fantasy Realms is regular oh, okay. size cards. It's regular yeah. size, yes. yes. Sorry, okay. yeah. Um, no, no, they were larger. No, Fantasy no, Realms was regular, regular plain size. Right. Yeah. yeah. So, all right. So, Fantasy Realms, there, I believe there's six different suits, uh, and it's all Fantasy Realms. So, like, there is uh, land, there are artifacts. There are wizards, there are dragon or beasts, not dragons. 
they're beasts, they're warriors, there's uh, royalty, uh, that kind of stuff. And every card has rulings on it. So at the start of your turn, you're either going to pick up a card from the face-up discard, or you're going to draw from the top of the deck. All right, you're going to take one of those cards, and then you're going to discard a card from your hand. That's your turn. That's legit your turn. Uh, there's nothing else more to do. That is your turn. And you're trying to build the best hand, and the hand is going to be dictated by the cards you have. So, like, a dragon, if you have a beast card that's like a dragon, it could be 10 points, but the text may say minus 40 points if not with a wizard. Well, now you need to get a wizard in your hand to make sure that you get 10 points from the dragon. And then the wizard may say blanks out any weather cards. So if you have weather cards, they're all zero and you want to get rid of them. And so the whole point is to try to build the best seven cards in your hand or 10 cards or whatever it is uh, possible to get the most amount of points at the end of the game. And the game's over when the deck runs or when there's 10 cards in the discard, the game runs out. And that's that's Fantasy Realms. And if you've played Red Rising, that's going to sound very familiar because you've got the victory points on the top left and you're trying to build you know points in your hand. But you're also, unlike Fantasy Realms, there's also tech tracks with Red Rising and there's uh, helium gems in it uh, with are the red compounded gems. And it's it's that kind of thing. So there's more bells and whistles to it. But at its heart, it's Fantasy Realms. I like fantasy realms a lot more than Red Rising. <laughs> uh, well, it distills it down to its I, essence. Yeah, yeah. I, I think at the part because it's like fantasy realms. We played it so much over the weekend. It was yeah, it the, takes what like, are we gonna what, play? Fifteen minutes. Yeah, yeah. We're like, what are we gonna play? I don't know. Let's play fantasy realms. Where we figured it out. So we shuffle up fantasy realms. Just go. And Red Rising, like you have to set up everything, and you could have played a game of fantasy realms in the time it takes you to set up Red Rising. <laughs> so. um yeah, Fantasy Realms, really good. Never heard of it. And the designer did say that he did take the mechanic from Fantasy Realms. Like, he, like it's it's not a hidden secret. He's not ashamed of it. And, you know, they're not copyrighted or anything. But I was just so floored on how similar they were that having Red Rising kind of left a little bit of a bad taste in my mouth. Uh, it shouldn't have. So you burned like, it? I'm not offended. Fantasy Realms is not my game. I have nothing to do with the game. But I was just like... The fact it was just so so similar. It was too similar to be comfortable with for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I feel bad for the designer of this one because like Fantasy Realms uh should have been like up for spiel. spiel. Uh, yeah. it yeah. should have been winning awards. Absolutely. Like this went under under the radar for literally everyone. And I think it's literally because of WizKids. Like it's that one of those things where it's like you just you kinda have to be there when WizKids puts out a game and hopefully it's it gets true. good. Exactly. It does have an expansion, which sure, but like why, why do I not know about this game? Yeah, well, why was I just playing it all of a sudden this weekend and like I loved it. Yeah. I thought it was really good. To be and, fair to be fair uh, the on the Geek All-Stars which also came out similar to this podcast, which I'm giving the plug, Dan you can listen to the Geek All-Stars most of the guests, we had Rob Rouse and David Waybright and uh, and Dan, and they had all heard of Fantasy Realms, which I was shocked at. Hmm. But I think they're in, in kind of in the in, not in the they're in the minority. Okay. Because if I if yeah. I ask most people like, have you played Fantasy Realms? They might say maybe they heard of it, but all three of us play games, and how did we? How <laughs> we've never played heard of Fantasy Realms? And I, I I can't tell you when it came out. 
I can't tell you. It was like three or four years ago. Was it three or four yeah. years ago? Really? It's yeah. just like, yeah. So this is one of those games where it's like, this is it just flew under the radar for no reason, and then I guess because it did and it was so fun, Red Rising kind of re-implemented it in a better way. Uh, and I'm not saying it's better. I'm just saying like re-implemented it in a way that would be more amenable to people who want to play like a more uh, complex game. Yeah. But yeah, sometimes these games, they just all of a sudden like they come out, they disappear. But like, this is on the level of like, uh, uh the, uh, what's his it name? It should be, it should have been. Hizashi, Hayashi. Is that, am I, am I getting it right? Hisashi? Uh, the, uh, love letter. No, no, no Seiji Kanai. Seiji Kanai. Yes. Yeah. This is on, on the level of that. And it, I guess it came out a few years late, but like, I think it may just be because it's so fantasy yeah that it's just generic it's very generic like the cover is even generic you're like thinking oh great what is this and then but yeah. then you play it and you're like holy crap this is awesome so it's, yeah, it's it has those... all the makings of an evergreen it should have been an evergreen title well it's still in print which is i mean obviously it's a testament to how good it is because whiz kids you know they put one thing out and usually they don't print them in anymore but fantasy realms is still in print and yeah. has an has an expansion make- Drop the fifteen bucks or twenty bucks. Yeah, I'm ordering it. I, I meant to order it already. Yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So yeah, Fantasy Realms is a definite buy if you like games. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't I, like I, games, I just don't understand. Like, where did this one come from, and why is it so interesting, and why does it disappear? And if for and even if you're someone who likes to play games, well, I would love to just if I could buy this game off of WizKids, I would do it because I would publish it and I would put a new theme on it. Absolutely. And I would sell a million, a million copies. copies. Yes. Well, absolutely. no, but now the issue is, is oh, you just copied off of Red Rising. That's the issue now because that's the more popular. No, well, whatever. There's no issue. We just, just say, hey, thanks for inspiration, Red Rising. Yeah, hips. I, I like the hipster vote. I'd just be like, well, I was here for you. <laughs> so I don't know yeah. what even is Red Rising. Yeah, what is Red Rising? Who's heard? Who, who's heard of Red Rising? <laughs> <laughs> if you uh, have Red Rising, buy this game. Trust me, you'll thank me. <laughs> That's good. And I'm curious what the, the expansion adds to it. Uh, this It's really good by itself, so I'm, I don't know why I would want it, other than if I could replace certain card types and like right. just yeah. play something different. Out. I only really want to buy the expansion. I'm keeping my copy of Red Rising. I keep knocking Red Rising. I'm keeping Red Rising, but I'm also going to own Fantasy Rise. So. <laughs> yep. um, I only want to buy the, uh, and I know this sounds really odd for me, but I only want to buy the expansion if it fits in the main box. <laughs> it probably does. I hope like, it does. Take and out the end sleeved. Yeah, it's it's yeah and, and sleeved. sleeved. Oh, <laughs> no, not sleeved. I do not care about sleeved. Oh, good. So yeah, I'll talk about this one. So another very <laughs> interesting game that we played this weekend and to test out mechanics. Uh, Richard mentioned deck building. Uh, this one's not really a deck builder. It's a deck smasher. It's kind of yeah. like playing Smash Up, where you take. Two, and we're, I'm just gonna call them factions for the for the main for the meantime. I'll get to what it actually is in a second. Two factions, like in Smash Up, you put them together, and they hopefully synergize, but they do weird things together. Yeah. Well, now you you did acquire cards almost every turn, though, as demerits or attaboys and things like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do add some cards, so there's a little bit of deck building that happens to that. But they're all things that just basically don't have. They don't really do anything other than activate certain things during the game. So, the caveat of the game is, it's a co-op and it's a buddy cop. It's a buddy cop co-op. 
<laughs> no, I'm sorry. What? It just dawned on me. You explained like every card for every game ever. Like they don't do anything until you draw them and have them in your hand. I know that was a weird. That was, that was a really bad, really bad descriptor. <laughs> I guess what I'm getting at that. is they're they're theme neutral, like to the, your deck. Like they do the same thing for everybody. Your yeah. deck is going to be specialized, but these cards that come out just do generic things. Anyway. The caveat of the game is it's buddy cop co-op. So what you do is you pick two buddy cops and you smash them together into a deck. And then each turn, you're going to shuffle your deck. Every single turn, you shuffle your deck. And then you draw until... Uh, you basically draw until you get... What is it again? What was the threshold that we drew to? Oh, you, you draw until you see three of the characters that you have. Oh, right, right. So three of the characters three pop character out. Cards. So, yeah. So you could have, like Daryl said, attaboys and some other things in the deck. Um, but then you draw until you have three of your character cards out. It could be three of the same character. It usually is not. It's usually a mix of the, you know, the two characters together. And the rest of the game is completely gonzo. Like, you're, you have a, a grid around the city, and there's all these numbered places. And uh, each turn, of course, there's going to be other, these, all these 911 calls that pop up around the city. You also have an overarching storyline. So you're trying to accomplish things to get to the bottom of this giant case. Not to spoil anything for anyone, but we had to stop a cannoli smuggling ring. Um, that's how crazy this game is. And we also have like weird 911 calls. Like at the liquor store, there was a barking dog and he never went away until you did something really super special. But if you reach the threshold of too many 911 calls, then you lose the game. So you've got to keep wandering the city, driving your car around the city. Um, you can also dispatch... Um, rookie cops or beat cops to help you out. So if you need backup at a certain location, but it's the synergy of your partners and the weird stuff that happens around the, the city that make this game like have a story. And it's really unique. It's weird. I wouldn't say it's completely elegant, <laughs> but it is. We had so much fun because of the story. Yeah. So, well, go ahead. Yeah. yeah nope. And the embellishments. Our exactly. Embellishments. The embellishments we had. So TC had it, it. Okay. So, <laughs> so I will say one thing that's good about Code Three is that the premise is so solid that like it fuels the rest of the game. It's true. That's the true. only the when we were looking at the initial layout of of characters, it comes with like I don't know, like twenty two characters, which is so good because you really want to have two people put together that like create a team that you'd be happy using. The only yeah. downside is that I think ten you could just rip up and put, toss them out put in put in the bonfire because they're just generic cops right they're, they're not named generic but they're they just you look at them and you're like what are they actually it's like it's like someone from scandinavia was like i saw a cop a cop <laughs> i saw a cop once. movie once <laughs> yeah. so i need another woman cop oh she's tough as nails and it's like who are you tro what trope are you doing like yeah. i don't know and i just like take that card just throw it away but like when you pick the good ones, like in this game, there is a deck of cards for Katana Cop. Right. Which none of us played, sadly. We should have. We, we should have, but like yeah. very nerdy. You look at the the, the, te the, the the flavor text. One of them was Katana, Japanese it's for sword. sword. <laughs> and like, you're like, okay, I know what character this is. Yeah. And I'm going to put him with like Bruce Willis. Right. 
You know what? what Which was I your, should have. What was your McLaren? McLaren. Which is McLean. It's, okay. He's yeah. totally John McLean. He's a loose cannon, and there's a card in it that totally screws you over for the turn because he's such a loose cannon. But but what a good starting yeah. point for having like a story and telling other people about it, right? Because buddy cop movies, like as much as like you know, cops aren't really the high point right now. Like a buddy cop film is still really endearing, right? And silly, and I. My combo for this game, everybody can do their combo, but like my combo for this game was was Cybercop. So it was basically just Robocop, Robocop and a dog. A dog. Named Denver. Denver. Mm-hmm. So you would just. I found out where the reference is for Denver, though. Oh, what's the reference? Okay. So the original reference is Utah. Because it was, it was Johnny Utah as a dog and he was chasing the, the ex presidents. And somehow it got changed. Either that or it's a chase uh, card for the Kickstarter, because I saw it on BGG the other night when I was looking for it for the Kickstarter. Oh, okay. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff that changed from, like, I was like, looking up the rules to see if we got mm-hmm. it right, and, like, there's a lot of stuff that's changed. Yeah. This game is gonzo, but, like, I I love the idea of just those two things. I think the smash-up idea is still alive and well, and that is a good reason to have two it's different cool. characters together. It's really cool. And when they come out and you're just telling you're telling the story of what just happened and it was like there was one that was like a waterbed incident. <laughs> that one was <laughs> and, good. And it's so funny that we're just like I'm like waterbed incident, incident or waterbed problem, <laughs> waterbed solution. <laughs> you know, and, and we also it was like it triggered memories of how you became Cybercop through <laughs> the bedroom the waterbed incident. What was it? Oh my god, who was what was the name of the uh, uh, Kelly. 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 There was a, a story moment where Kelly got involved and <laughs> and for some reason uh, Cybercop is involved in this and it just goes like hello Kelly. <laughs> Do you remember me? It's Cybercop. Cybercop. <laughs> it's Cybercop. Do you remember me? <laughs> the best part it's of the I can do. <laughs> uh, just the idea that he'd need to remind someone. <laughs> and then, you know, and then Kelly was along for the ride for as a character. And yep. uh, Cybercop was just having to deal with feelings that he was not programmed for. <laughs> And that's the whole thing. It's just it's dumb because we're just making up these stories, but it's hilarious. So if you have a good group and you're playing with, you know, Code 3, and like like TC mentioned, I had McLaren, who's basically John McLean, and I had I just picked a guy that I thought like might get along. Might be closest to Al, but he was this yeah. overweight dude. But the problem is the overweight dude, he's like the, the normal greasy copies on the take. So yeah. like, so there's <laughs> cards that you can get that are um, uh, internal affairs cards. And they go into your deck, and you press your luck as each turn. The more internal affairs you get, if you deal out two internal affair cards on your turn, you get pulled in front of the review board. And then yeah. bad things could happen to you unless you have a cop, like, you know, a vouch for you. And so, there's, you know, like mechanics for that, which is kind of fun, too. But, you know, I could do cool things yeah, with this I guy. The, go ahead. I, you had the, the McLean, which played more like a Murdoch. A little uh, bit, yeah. But there's Murdoch. Was like, I, Murdoch. Don't to, I don't need the rest of you guys. I can do this well, myself. you mean Riggs. You mean Riggs. Riggs, Riggs is actually okay, in the yeah, game. Riggs. Riggs is in the game. Yeah. His name's Briggs, but none of us played the same. <laughs> but, I, but I'm saying, like, he played at, like, if that character was uh, an homage to Briggs, it made more sense. I believe, I, I 100% agree, yeah. Or, yeah. um, like, I had, uh, I had basically <laughs> uh, Commissioner Gordon, 
<laughs> and uh, Dangle. Dangle. From Reno, from Reno no one one. <laughs> yeah. So that, that was my that was the mashup I did. And so uh, my Gordon homage was all about teamwork. If everyone's together, then you get perks. If car <clears throat> cop cars are nearby, you get bonuses. And then Dangle was just like. Anytime Gumbel gets investing about internal affairs, tell him to discard it and draw him at a boy. Like, <laughs> it was all about, like, sweet talking his way out of everything. <laughs> and his story was just one sentence dating the captain's daughter. <laughs> like, oh, you know everything I need to know about this guy. <laughs> so. Uh, yeah, so I, you know, if you're, if you're into weird and strange co ops that make weird and strange stories and you like the concept of buddy cops, check out Code 3. It is unlike a game, any game that I've really played, honestly. Yeah. Uh, it's it, very nerdy. I'll, I'll, I, I, I loved playing it, but I'll give you, I'll give you just a, a warning for anyone. If you're looking for like a really cool, uh, if you think the mechanic of like draw some cards from your deck, and press your luck to either get demerits or like training. You sometimes oh, you yeah, get training good cards, good, yeah. so you get like a, a good turn. If you think that sounds fun, don't play this game for that because they <laughs> because there's gonna be three turns really, in a row. Well, yeah, they didn't really yeah. think about the, the what is the what is a percentage, right? And and what is the statistic that you will draw three cards like if you have ninety percent of them in your deck? Like right. you'll just most of your so most of your turns of the game are like. One, two, three. Right. Oh. And then I got the bad card. There's always <laughs> a bad card. And then you shuffle your deck completely. Right. And do so it again. So the chances so are you like, can get it again. Uh, yeah, exactly. So like Daryl and me both had so many turns where we had like, like my half my deck was training. Yeah. And I would just be like, one, two, three. <laughs> okay. That was fun. I could never get anything in my deck because every time I draw that McLaren card, he's a loose cannon, so I never got any help yeah, from they the commissioner. All have a, and they have a negative card, too. Yeah. So if you drew three in a row and you have a negative card, your turn is just You're like... You're just screwed. You're yeah, just whatever. Yeah, exactly. I, I, luckily, neither of us drew both of the bad cards. Like, there's one card for each character. Mm -hmm. That would have been really bad. But... <laughs> What's what we got next? All right, what we got next? We'll just lump these together. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. And it's okay if we talk about it. Richard's not been secretive about working on this. You know, okay, one thing you need to about Richard is that he likes NASCAR. <laughs> and this summer, uh, this past, not this summer, but the past summer, so the year of the pandemic, he designed four NASCAR games. Uh, one of which was Thunder Rolls and, and was hit Kickstarter. But he, he didn't show us the fourth one, but I, th I think that's his ginormous one. So we didn't get to play that one. But we played two. Yeah. yeah one of which we've mentioned before, if anybody remembers Camp Lanius or us talking about this before. But it's called Victory Lane. And it is, uh, and he, he knows this. He mentions it. It's based off of an old uh, uh, card designed by uh, Reiner Knizia. And... It basically is you're, you're playing cards, and as you're playing cards, you're moving your racer up into the line. You've got one one line, and it's all about basically maneuvering your your racer, your racer, your car uh, amongst the pack. And you've got um, you know teammates, so you can move you know your your car here or there. But you could also play drafting cards, and it's a social game as well. So sometimes you'll draft and move position with other cars. Uh, we've loved this game forever. Like he and he's made a lot of tweaks to it over the past year that adds in, you know, kind of unpredictable cards where you might get a big run. It also is pretty divorced from that. Run oh yeah, very yeah. Oh, point. it's way it's like way it just, past that. It's a starting point and yeah. it just kind of goes. Absolutely, I agree. Um, his other one that we played is Green White Checkered, 
which is an expanded ver- honestly an expanded version of Victory Lane. It's a larger game where you can actually move over to the inside and outside um, of the track. Um, but it does involve, you know, drafting and, and a little bit more complex maneuvers than you would in Victory Lane. Um, and, you know, pitting and, you know, different aspects of that. But also... But I like to press your luck in Greenway, Checkered. There's, a, oh, there's yeah. an aspect where you're basically... You've got symbols on your cards. And if you play a higher car, a higher number of movement, you have less symbols on the top. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. And so early on, you could do that because you're supplementing with... You may have a wild symbol on your car from earlier on. You might have, like, other things. So you're like, ah, whatever. But if you go too hard at the beginning, you can start getting passed by the pack because you're just taking a risk, like a 50-50 shot. Right, and you don't move at all. And for me, I was like, that was the thing. I was like, <laughs> oh, if I, really, if I get it, oh, I'm going to smash this game. Yeah. If I don't, I'm lost. You're just I'm lost just in the lost. back. Yeah. yeah. Well, also the, the thing about Green White Checkered is it has the um, maneuverable uh, tracks. So um, I don't know how many people out there know what Thunder Road is or the, the system of Thunder Road, but there's like three tracks uh, three sections of the track, and as the cars get out in front, when you need to put another track in front for the cars to move, it goes from the back, and any cars that are left on that back track are basically out of the race. Yeah. So you got to worry about getting off that back track and staying either close to the pack, or you want to be out front if you can, obviously, but you definitely don't want to be in the back because you're going to get left behind and your car is just going to be out of the race, and it's a really cool mechanic that feels... It's tense. It's tense. It's it fresh. Kind of, it kind of simulates the uh, the crashing. It's true. Yeah, that's very true. I, I loved both of these games. I, mean, I think Richard just understands racing. I mean, he's been playing racing games forever. And um, I'm just looking forward to seeing where these go because I, I love them to death. Let's see. Well, do we want to dig into this one now? I guess so. We got it on the list <laughs> in the order. Daryl, you still with us? <laughs> you know... Yeah, I'm here. I'm I'm going to run upstairs real quick, so I'm happy to skip this next one. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> we have to have your opinion right, on this I'll one. I'll start it off by going, wow, most terrible. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't just leave us to talk about right, this one. I'm Let's, setting the scene. No, no, you go on upstairs. You go on upstairs and we'll return right. to it. How, how about, about since I, I have to be a... Everybody, all listeners, close your eyes. <laughs> Picture blackness. Picture space. Picture nothing. That is better. Okay, there you go. Oh <laughs> man. Oh man. Well, uh, you know, as a as a uh, valued employee of a uh, Renegade Game Studios, <laughs> like to. Uh... I'm kidding. <laughs> no, no, no. no I... <laughs> so, so anyway, it's not terrible. It is totally a playable game. It's not my cup of tea. That's my opinion. Okay. I'll give a basic overview of it since I am the renegade representative on the podcast. And Daryl, you're going to go upstairs. We'll continue with this. You can come in when you when you're ready. This is uh, so. This is Vampire the Masquerade, the Rivals, right? right. So it is an extremely long name, but Vampire it is Rivals. Long name, we'll just yes. call it Vampire Rivals. And plus, you have to call it uh, expandable card. Game. Yeah, the expandable card. Right. It is. It is a long name, but yeah. we'll just Vampire Rivals. And this is. I would have to say it is a spiritual successor to the original CCG. A not spiritual successor. A spiritual successor, but not, not it's make- not trying to be a completely new game, and it's also not trying to be the RPG. Correct. So yeah. 
Uh, knowing that going into it, I think a lot of people are excited about the fact that if, if you, I, I don't know, if you're an old, old soul and you've played Vampire CCG from years back, a game which I've never played, but apparently I watched, I, I mean, I just saw a YouTube video and it was at the professional level with all the multiplayer, like you don't just play two players, you play mm-hmm. with a group. Yeah. Uh, it took them two and a half hours oh, to play yeah, the final. Sure. Yeah. And I'm like, two and a half hours. <laughs> That's crazy. Anyway, this does not take two and a half hours if you know what you're doing. Or unless we, you quit early. That's true, that's true as well. <laughs> but it's but, true. It's very but true. we took about two and a half hours just to suss it out with four players. And learn the rules and everything. We yeah. did, but yeah. it, I, I would say that uh, normally that is not going to be the case, especially as you know it. I bet you can bang this out in about an hour. Yeah, probably, yeah. Even with four players. Yeah. Uh, the the and I've heard some things about weird things that can happen too that may make it shorter than that but like it basically in the in the the base set of vampire rivals you get four factions mm-hmm. and each of them are vying for influence uh, over the city now I I get those things wrong but points if you get to 13 points you win if you take out your rival you also win correct so one of those two things can happen you, we sat across from the table from our rival. That seems like a good thing to do when you're in diagonally, players. Diagonally, yeah, diagonally. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, and and that seems like a good setup because then you get to react and you have a turn in between. Right. It, it, so basically, the game is. A, I'm giving an overview because Chris Chris gets into the nitty gritty. I mean, it's better to give the overview. <laughs> I'll already be digging into the factions. So. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So I, you pick your faction. And you start playing, you basically just throw, uh, you can throw a vampire into your safe haven, and then you can go out into the streets to try to prey on victims and this, uh, the, mm-hmm. you know, what, what, what citizens, citizens, yeah. citizens, innocents, innocents, yeah. innocents and stuff out in the streets. And sometimes there's, uh, these second second inquisition officers. Okay. That, there's officers yeah. in the streets that yeah. are looking out, out. They're for looking everybody. for vampires. Yeah. Yeah. So, you can take those guys out. You can also uh, suck people's blood and take them as your servants. What is the word for it? Uh, well, I'm a blanket on the, the. I'll think of it in a second. Keep talking. Anyway, but you take them as your servants and you slide them underneath your card, and it gives you sort of an extra little bonus to whatever that ca- that vampire is, and it's basically there under your control. And so you'll build up your. You can go out in the streets. You can build up your vampires. You can add more vampires to your safe haven, and you're trying to gain these points. Each faction has a way that they are best suited to gain points. I was playing the Bruja. Bruja are pretty much just bullies. Yeah. Bullies and punks. Yeah. Yeah. They go around, they beat people up. And so the more I beat everyone up, (laughs) it doesn't matter indiscriminately, either my rival or other people. Whoever I beat up, I get a point. And that's on top of any other points I might get just from doing other things. So I want to really just punch face. All the time. All the time. It doesn't even matter if I lose. It just, just keep going out there, right? The, is it ward? You're, you're the vampire's it's ward? Not, it's not a ward. I'd, I'd have to look at the rule book again. <laughs> I don't know why I'm blanking on this because my entire... To- I was playing the Toreador and their entire uh, you know method is to go out and take... I, why am I blanking on the term? I just don't... I don't know. It I, doesn't matter. doesn't matter because basically the game is 13 points or kill your rival. You do those things. You play cards. The... I guess the the interesting twist to some of the the, the actions is that you are 
limited to two actions per turn. So that makes sure that you can't just go off and do whatever you want. Yeah. You can lay a card down and play for basically free as long as you have like this currency, which turns into blood. Influ- I can't remember what the name of it is. Influence or whatever. There's too many prestige. things called prestige. Yeah. It's prestige. There's influence. There's blood. Yeah. It's a little too much. It's a lot uh, of stuff. And they flip and the tokens flip. But anyway, you can you can build up your cabal and then you can go attack other people and whoever gets to 13 points or kills the rival first wins. It's got I want to say good things about this because I'm like <laughs> I want to get into like I thought this I was expecting this to be my intro into Vampire the Masquerade having no background in it. Yeah, like, the world of the world of darkness. Exactly. exactly. I have no preconceptions of it other than it's been so complex that I it's a bit like a wall for me like I can't get in it's like when you when you say oh well that's your celerity stat yeah you're like Chris. I'm talking all this and I'm like and you're like what celerity? the heck does that mean that's, yeah, exactly. that's, gr- that's cute <laughs> that's cute that's cute I, I don't want to play this game <laughs> uh, but the game just ca- kind of funnels it down to like three different stats but I did not like this um <laughs> I you know and I'm a representative representative but and I I'll just say just straight up like I I don't I I will try it again with two players yeah I would definitely like to try it again with two players the only drawback with yeah. two players so the, the 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 caveat of playing this game and knowing anybody who doesn't know Vampire Vampire is a very social game playing as RPG it's all about uh, vying for control and influence and like you know avoiding keeping the veil. Uh, you know, close so you don't get discovered, and uh, the and the rivalries. But yeah. so in a four-player game, it mimics that because uh, the Ventru are like the 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 ones, they're the blue bloods who want to be the prince of the city. They want to do schemes, so they put schemes out there and they try to attach titles to each other. When schemes go out there, you have to call for a vote of influence, and so everybody can go around and throw influence in. So it's very political. The Malkavians, who Daryl played. Uh, are the wanting to do conspiracies and conspiracies are where they show them to another player and the player can actually pay to join that conspiracy so they don't get attacked or targeted by that conspiracy but also to trigger it so all that is yep. basically to say that it's very political in a multiplayer game whereas a two player head to head you're going to miss some of that yeah I think that honestly possibly the Bruja and the Toreador could go head to head because we have less of that kind of scheming and conspiracy stuff going on yeah but if you're having like Malkavian versus Bruja, it's kind of weird because there's no how do you trigger the conspiracies without other people going on except Daryl built up his abilities to do it by himself eventually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But then if you're doing them by yourself, like that doesn't feel as, no, as it, uh, thematic or right. relevant. It felt weird. So I, I well, all of a sudden, all my conspiracies, I could target any of the three of you, even though Chris was my main enemy. Right, I could choose to go after Richard or go after TC and so sometimes if someone builds stuff out like Richard had that ongoing card so I showed it to you and TC and like hey you guys want in on this and as soon as you saw it you're like yup let's do it (laughs) and then Richard's card was gone and once that happened I got a victory point every time I place a thing I got a victory point so every turn I was getting one of the 13 points needed to win and they couldn't do anything about it yeah absolutely and Richard was probably a turn behind you of being able to pull it off and his like his his complaint was as the Ventru, he had no impetus to go into the streets at all. Like he yeah. just stayed in his haven, just doing his thing. So there's no interaction with anybody. 
Yeah, you too with the Malkavians. Like, I yeah, had to go I, into the street to get my, well, hold on, I'm looking up the term, uh, but uh, hang I, on, let's go I, in here, but go ahead. We, we were playing a little wrong at the beginning, which we did it's fix true. around, like, the third round, but, like, uh, where people can go out in the streets and stuff, but, like, one of my cards, this was a case in point, one of my cards, I literally showed to Daryl and said, wouldn't it be cool if I could play this? Because it never applied to my rival. Right. Like, all I was doing was waiting for a turn where where uh, where Richard would play his cards, exhaust them, and I would call, play this card, call him out in the streets, and we'd fight. But the only way for that to happen was for me to for me to just all wait for him guys. To, to do that. But none of his guys did yeah, that. Right. Right. So like, I turned to Daryl. I'm like, Daryl, can you help me? Or like, wouldn't it be cool? And he's like, Oh, I got you. And like. Yep. So it took Daryl being like, I bring, I exhaust all those people. And then I was like, oh, I bring them out in the streets on my turn, right? And that to me was the best part of the game. Right, right. The moment that I wanted to see so many more times. Right. Was the time when I broke the rules of the game by showing a card. I don't know if that's legal or not. It doesn't say it. It doesn't say it's not legal. Right, exactly. So like. If it's a social game, you do whatever you want. Yeah, do do what you want. So I was like that. And that was really fun because then he's like, oh no, weird thing just happened. Combo. (laughs) And we did this. Right. But on your turn, because you're limited to the two actions. There's no combo potential in this game. Mm-hmm. Like I never felt like yeah, just I was having the play two actions just limits you so much. Yeah, I yeah. thought that smokescreen card was really cool, but since it didn't say at the bottom, take another action after you've played this. Right. I was never able to be like, I'm gonna bring my guys out in the streets, do this cool thing, and then exhaust them, and then do this thing. I could right. never play two actions. Yeah. So it was always this card is worthless to me, and it's in my hand. Well, and I had, I, like, and, and uh, for my Toriador deck, I had a lot of useless cards. There was multiples of one card that I was like, when am I ever going to play this? And I kept getting into my hand. And I'm like, I'm just going to discard it. Anyway, the term for everyone out there who is waiting with bated breath, <laughs> the mortals are the one that are in the street and you take them as retainers. Retainers. Yes. Yeah. I don't know why I blanked on that oh, term. And we I forgot like about our other terms better. And we forgot about <laughs> mending and torpor. Oh, yeah. Torpor. Yeah. Torpor. Torpor. Yeah, torpor is when you might get defeated as a vampire, but your vampire doesn't really die. I mean, they can. They can actually pass away through certain circumstances, but usually it just goes off into the graveyard or or behind your haven, and they just lay there and heal. You know, you put amount of blood on them at first, and then they draw an amount of blood from the pool every turn. You can accelerate that by discarding cards and doing other things, but normally they just sit there and heal until they get to their full health, and they come back into the game. Yeah. But you're losing. The problem is that you have to use your life points, basically your life points. You start with 20 of those, and you turn those into blood when you summon a vampire. So you're losing those constantly. And whenever your vampire is defeated, you've lost them. And so you don't really get them back. And that's one way you can really be defeated. But go ahead. And let me say, I I, want to back up what TC said. I would also play this again. I trashed it heavily. I'm sorry. Um, (laughs) the explanation everybody uh because in 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 the game's defense we played a few rules wrong and we realized that halfway through when we were course correcting as we're going it's new to all of us and so i'd want to play it again you know with knowing the rules correctly and see what would change and what was different but to our defense there's a lot of vagaries in the rules. There really are. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, if somebody was it, to try to play this game who had never played a CCG or an ECG or an LCG or whatever, this type of game, man, it would be completely daunting. 
Because we all kind of knew some things because we all played this kind of game before, but then even reading the rule book, there was vagaries for everything. Yeah, for me, the big, the biggest the biggest knock against this this game, uh, it sounds really dumb, but like having to tap a, I'm not, I don't know if that's uh, exhaust, what, 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 yeah, but yeah. Uh, having to tap a vampire mm-hmm. to put a card in to play Into an play. action card yeah, yeah. was really strange. Yeah, like it. It, there are your hosted, brain had to do like a a, a jump to make yeah. that happen. And so there's hosted of, and unhosted actions. Hosted and unhosted actions, which I was Why? really there's yeah. only two actions you can take a turn. So it was like one of those. I was really confused by that. And yeah. then the fact that like I have my blood tokens and my influence tokens, and they mm-hmm. flip, and then they also are in two different pools. Yeah, but they flip. Uh, I don't. We could have been playing something wrong there, but they were. It was still very confusing as to which supply I'm taking from yes. and it just made me it really alienated me as a player like to have to keep track of stuff like that yeah there was just a lot of pools to keep track of just a lot of things in general to keep track of which you know I don't really I mean I don't mind that so much because you know playing a card game like this you got to expect that there's some upkeep you know when you play a magic gathering there's upkeep you know but mm-hmm. when you're playing magic you're you know automatically i don't have a pool of different stuff i have life points and then i have cards i have mana and then i have things that do things uh and there you go and then this is just kind of needlessly complicated there were there and there's a few things again it's like i'll just say there are probably some rules that were gotten wrong oh i'm sure and totally fine but like you know like because of the the weird complexity that i don't i don't know what to be prepared for Right. It's like, right. do do I know for sure? Because since I haven't read the rules myself, do I know for sure that vampires can't augment your actions and give you more? Right. I don't think that's the I case. I don't think that's the case. That unless sounds like it would have be fun. Something on them. Yeah. Sounds like it would be a fun thing to have, but like it doesn't. I could not find that anywhere that that's yeah. the case. So um, anyway, I don't know. And I, attacks I, are weird too. They're really complicated to pull off and. Attacks also, there's three different attacks that can happen. There's physical attacks, there's social attacks, and there's mental attacks. And you defend, basically, if your vampire's getting attacked, you defend based on the, the stats on that. And, of course, the Bruja are going to be good at physical attacks, and Malkavians are good with mental, Toreador, good with social. Ventru is kind of a mix of, of everything together. But you also have vampires, like... you. All the Toreadors want to do is they're they're you know hedonists and and uh, the artsy types and they want to go out and influence people and have parties and keep retainers and stuff and so, but that's all social. But then there's a vampire in my deck that's like hugely like physical, only to 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 fight. Oh, yeah, the I had a mental vampire. You had a mental vampire, and I was like, I guess this makes sense, kind of, but it also felt weird. Yeah, it felt weird because it didn't quite fit the faction, but if but to match the mechanics of the game, you needed it. In order to defend yourself, sometimes against yeah. the other rivals. Oh, don't forget, we all had like three or four vampires in our decks that had like, you know, immediately blocks if and then like an aim sing- uh, an aim icon. Oh, ranged. And we're all like, what the hell's an aim icon? Like, <laughs> yeah, because it never it never showed up for like ninety percent. Like three quarters yeah. of the way through the game, someone finally draws the one card in their deck that has the aim icon. It was yeah. like. Oh, this is the aim icon, everybody. It's and then, a gun. And then when you attack, it's a ranged thing, but the only way, way you can actually defend against it is if you have a vampire that automatically blocks ranged, or you played in a, a defense card that you were like, oh, I think it's this is going to be ranged, and you flip it over and it's, it happens to be a ranged attack. It's like, yeah. well, I mean, you got to know there's a ranged attack coming, otherwise it's a, it's a, a just an empty card. Yeah, Unless and if, you're able to play it directly from your hand in response, but the rules didn't say but that. that. Nope. Yeah, you have to choose it. 
Anyway, there's a whole lot of things we could talk about here. But yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think in general, uh, very lukewarm on this. I, this is kind of my disappointment of the... I'm of hugely the, disappointed. Yeah. Because and, and, I wanted this to be vampire. Yeah, and I and I don't... And I hate saying that because, like, you know, it's like I work for the company. <laughs> you <laughs> yeah. know, I want these games to be good. So I, I don't... Um, I don't understand this one. Uh, yeah. Well, take it to the next board meeting, TC. I guess so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I'll get in trouble. I don't think hey, you, control. you need to remind them who you are. <laughs> <laughs> it's awkward to talk about stuff like that, but like, you know, at the same time, <laughs> Oh, well, then let me keep doing it for What's, you. Then. Here's, here's oh, quick. Here's role player. Hey, role player. Let's it's move on. Player. So we don't, about we're about we to roll. We're about to roll through a few of them like yeah, really yeah. quickly here, but role yeah. player, most of you out there probably played role player. I am the lone, you know, you played role player. Yeah. Daryl, you played role player. I yep. Yeah, it's like you only. I I don't know how I missed the boat on this one. It came out in 2016, and for some reason, I guess every time somebody was playing role player, I didn't get in the game. But finally, we were like figuring out, trying to figure out what to play, and I saw role player, and I was like, or or Richard brought it out, and he had it as an option. I was like, I've never played. Can we play that? So, mm-hmm. role player, just really quickly, if you haven't played it, like me, which is probably like two listeners at this point, um, is basically you're you're building your character in D and D. You're you're drafting the dice. Game. Yeah, it's the it's a character creation, the game, and so you're drafting dice each turn and using those uh, dice to to match certain uh, portions of your stats and max out parts of your stats based on what your uh, class and your your background uh, and whatever that you're playing as uh, to get points and maximize their po- this points. We were also playing with the monster expansion, which allows you to instead of which every turn you'll also have currency that you can buy a card based on your draft order. Uh, to help augment your character, like weapons and abilities and traits. Also, instead, in this expansion, instead of just always buying something or skipping, um, you could go and hunt the monster. And you roll dice uh, trying to exceed a certain number, and it gives you a reward based on how you do with that monster. Which I thought added a lot to the game. The the armor, the weapons, the traits, that's all base game. Right. So the monsters were an expansion. And everybody, when I posted on Twitter, this, by the way, this tweet that I sent out about trying that I said finally playing role player got like three times the amount of likes that anything I posted from the weekend. Everybody freaking loves this game. <laughs> and then they're all like, oh, you gotta play with the monsters and blah 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 expansion. I'm like, we did, we did, we did. And like, everybody was saying this. <laughs> I, I will I, I will say this though. I'm yeah. like the monsters and whatever, monsters and minion. We just played with monsters. Just monsters, yeah. And uh for anyone out there that loves this game, I'm going to say this sort of broke my enjoyment of the idea of the game. Because you haven't created your, your character fully yet. I haven't created yet. my character yet. Yeah. So this should yeah. have been, this should have, like, to be more thematic, it should have been, like, what was the monster that, that like, defined who you are or you <laughs> right. defeated? Like, no, yeah. I'm just kind of killing monsters. I'm like, no, I am making a character. Please don't break that immersion. <laughs> the one thing you don't have to do in this it's game yeah. is actually fight monsters. Right. And now I'm fighting monsters. Now you're fighting monsters. Like, yeah. just. Yeah, I guess I'm not as invested because I played with the monsters first, but I did. I do actually get that point because at one point I was thinking the same thing. I'm like, my character isn't fully created yet. Why am I you fight a boss things? at the end, too. Yeah, it's you fight like, a big boss. I'm like, yeah. What is what is this? <laughs> anyway, I really enjoyed it. I'm glad we played it. It has a great puzzly factor to it, uh, and um, 
yeah, I recommend it if you haven't tried it. Go 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 find somebody. There's probably ten people you know that have it. If you haven't played it yet, you can go ask them to play role player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daryl, you want to talk about the next one, Overboss? <sighs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> you don't have to say like much. Boss just, monster. Yeah, yeah. It, it is. I'm trying. I was trying to remember it. Uh, so it's boss monster mixed with King Domino is the best way I could possibly put that together. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it, it's and you know you're. Mm, yeah, there you go. <laughs> but actually, Top down tile laying game. Yeah, it's make a tile drafting. Yeah. Right, you just make, make combos and make com- points based on like lines and and the number of monsters that are in a certain row and, and so on and so forth. Maybe, I mean, maybe more cacao than King Domino. Maybe a little yeah. bit, but it's a it's a combination yeah. of those different things with the boss monster, a pixel aesthetic, and you know the fantasy with the monsters and things like that. And there's there's a lots of variety in the box. Like you play with different you know land types and put them in a bag. You're drawing from a bag every round. I mean, there's nothing not to enjoy about the yeah, game i liked it yeah no no, no it, it, it's just it's just not like the, a wowie right it's, it's just a, yeah just some a of the game. theme stuff didn't make sense to me like the dungeons like the boss can't be in the dungeon like i feel like the boss should be able to move to the dungeon <laughs> yeah. that's yeah that where the sense. boss is <laughs> i've played a lot of video games i'm pretty sure <laughs> the dungeon is where the boss is <laughs> yeah <laughs> um so like it was just yeah, some odd some odd things like that uh and I, I think some of the because everyone has their own character that has their, its own unique scoring uh, thing at the end. I think those w- seemed a little unbalanced. Oh yeah, then there's <laughs> the one of the game. <laughs> yes, but I, I, I play it fun. again. I, 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 it was fun. It was a good yeah, thirty minutes. It was cool. I mean, and if you are a real big fan of Boss Monster, then you'll probably want this game. Uh, yeah. which I could take or leave Boss Monster, but this same was graphic fun. design. Yeah, this was yeah. fun. Yeah. yeah. And then, then we get into one that was much more fun, and that was Cthulhu Death May Die. First time for all of us, all except of us. for Richard and, and Pete. Pete. <laughs> yeah, so Pete Shirey came over uh, and hung out with us. This was on the Sunday, and of course, we're all <laughs> he trudged through again, he did. another game, another game of Cthulhu. C-Mon. Yeah, exactly. Well, see, so Pete works for Simon, and so he gets all the stuff, <laughs> and we're like. Oh, well, let's play Cthulhu Death May Die because we've never played it, you yeah. know. And, and Pete's like, oh, okay, <laughs> because he also doesn't like Cthulhu stuff, <laughs> and he's a real good sport. But <laughs> but he's played this game so many times too. On yeah, top exactly. of not on liking, top of not yeah. liking Cthulhu stuff. <laughs> um, so this, yeah, hopefully everybody out there has heard of Cthulhu Death May Die, but it was on Kickstarter, and there's a million pieces to it, and you, it's a, it's a. Extremely limited uh, tactical fight game. So if you've played something like uh, Mansions of Madness, um, take Mansions of Madness and distill it down like to like forty percent of what it is. So the amount of movement you can make around through this, well, at least for the scenario that we had now, you're not doing a ton of yeah. movement, but you're thinking about how important your movement is. What's cool about the game though is your character. Like all the characters. Have- I, I, Go ahead, D- Daryl. Yeah, I was gonna say. Cthulhu Death May Die is what I wanted Arkham 3rd Edition to be. Oh, yeah. Really? That is the best way to put it. Because it, it's, it's totally a, it's not a single Arkham, event. It's a single it area. Yeah. Uh, it, it's like a, it's as if like Battle of Innsmouth kind of thing. It's just like, okay, we're going to this one location. It's not a global thing. It's not a town-wide thing. It's just one location. This is where everything's going. And, I mean, it, it, it granted, it doesn't have the epic feel as Arkham. It doesn't have the theme as Arkham, but Arkham third edition doesn't have any of that crap anyway. They just cut it all out. And this injected some of it. It was like a good halfway point 
and I don't know. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Very, yeah. I was very happy with it. I had a blast. I really liked it a lot. I mean, I was skeptical because, you know, everybody talked about, oh, Cthulhu, Death May Die. Death May Die. And I'm thinking, like, all it is is, like, just a bunch of miniatures. But it is actually a game. Yeah. Um, yeah, there was a lot of, co- like, for for what the game was, yeah. I was able, as a character that could run around really fast, like, some of the times when you're playing, like, Mansions of Madness, you feel like the game's just playing you. Right. right. And this did not feel that way. Yeah. This felt like, yeah, there's bad things that are going to happen, but I literally could use a, a special ability, and I was like, wait, can I do that? Yes. And we, was cool yes. we, yes. we were able to set up a cool combo. Yeah, at one point, I was yeah, like, yeah. here's the moment, right? And I was able to, like, take a monster not sneak by a monster and just drag a train of <laughs> monsters with me as I moved really fast right. to a specific spot and then I could sneak away slowly peppering an area with people for you to just shoot and, yeah, and then I was I played yep. Ernest Hemingway and I was a monster hunter and I was <laughs> badass and I just blew them all away I mean it was like amazing but from like a safe distance from a safe too. distance exactly and it was like those times of things where you can milk the system to try to do I always like co-op games where you can use a combo or like a cool thing that kind of almost breaks the rules of the game. Right, right. To mm-hmm. to influence how the game's going to work mm-hmm. and you want to do that for your advantage, right? Right. And this was encouraging me to do that. This was encouraging me to make, oh man, I could play if I do this and then I go here and then I do this. I can put literally all the monsters in this one room yeah. and then we can just hide in the corner. Yeah, the <laughs> twist on this was like if, if you've played Arkham, if you've played Mansions, you you sort of know already how to play this game. You know what to expect. You know how monsters work. You know how the small Euro cards work. Like, oh, there's a lot of similarities there. But this one, the characters actually felt impactful. Absolutely. Like, they actually felt vital to the gameplay, and you felt your presence of your own character and everyone else's character of everything that was going on. And that was a really nice thing. And I think that's what helped with it being localized. Like, okay, we're all in this theater together. The battle's in this theater. Let's, let's, and so, oh, if I'm in this room with you and this and that, like mine was a little, it was a kid. It was, her her name is the kid. And it's this (laughs) small six-year-old girl with a book of spells and a flaming hand. And the whole, she's amazing. And you wanted to get her, actually all the characters, you wanted them to lose their sanity because the more sanity they lost, the more like bonuses you got yeah, and you the unlock more, like, special re- abilities. Yeah. Yeah. It, it unlocks special abilities, special powers and this and that. So eventually I got it to where she, if she was anywhere within one room of a gate, if any monsters came out of that gate, they came out half health. Well, and now she can throw fireballs as well. So, you know, monsters are coming out that are normally two health. They're coming out one. I go, you're dead. You're dead. <laughs> so it was cool. It was, no, it's, it was great. It's really fun to milk those combos, right? And feel yeah. good at the characters. The the issue for anyone who likes Lovecraft, I was thinking about this the other other day. One of the cool things about being in a Lovecraft game or whatever is the fact that most of the characters in these things are researchers, nerds, right? right. Like yeah. occult professors. Yeah. You know, we were just we're just kind of like smart people confronted by like something ridiculous that you can't fathom right yeah and you're trying to use tools that you can't potentially you can't really can't really use the tools that you normally do to try to confront something that is mind-boggling 
this is not that game. No, it's not. It's you, more. It's you much get more a pulse hero. Yeah, you yeah. you had a pistol. You started shooting things. Right. I was I had an aviator goggles and I started running around and doing stuff that was fast. Right, mm-hmm. and I I even had an ability that was like, if I'm unlucky, that's oh, what I want. Yeah, exactly. I want to be as unlucky as possible with right. my rolls. Yeah. Uh, so when you go up on the sanity track, you you have three different trees to build. How you can customize your characters it grows, mm-hmm. and it's impossible to max them all out. So, yeah. which is great because that tells you every time you play the game, it's going to be different even if you play that same character. And there's again. so many characters. Yeah. There's a lot oh, of yeah. I too. mean, there's just, of course, you know, Richard has everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who so, who knows how many comes in the base game, but I mean, he had like 50 characters. It was insane. <laughs> um, I can tell you. <laughs> well, yeah, it's, it's probably like one. One comes in the base game. <laughs> you get one, and then you got to buy one expansion to get all the rest of them. One expansion each. All I know is he had like just stacked upon stacked on the one shelf, just full of Cthulhu Death My Die stuff. But you know, <laughs> oh yeah, go for it. Look at what's in the base game. Yeah, why, why you do it? I recommend uh, Cthulhu Death May Die. I think it was a ton of fun. I if you didn't buy the Kickstarter, it's going to be expensive to get into. Just know it's Simon. Uh, you can probably find it on at least the base game on sale somewhere. I'm sure. Uh, maybe become friends with Pete Shirey on Twitter. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It's a. I can't imagine if if you like this type of game. Oh, like, you'll love it. Yeah, yeah and the minis are fantastic. Yeah, why not? They why do, not of course, the Simon production quality for minis is just awesome. But it's it's refreshing to know that there is actually a game here instead of just pushing miniatures. Yeah, and it's, it's fun. It's good. And and. Oh, and it was relatively easy to learn, too. It was. With not too many exceptions. Absolutely. It was super easy. So I thought that that was a good system. Don Pepe. Don, okay. go ahead. So Sorry, Head. It's 10 investigators in the core game. Okay. 10 investigators in the um, one of the expansion boxes. Okay. And then season two has 18. Jeez. And then there there's like solo uh, investigators, too. So, I okay. so with that I have twenty. I have thirty nine. Thirty nine. Yeah. Well, so we weren't too far off of it, and maybe it, it, it's Richard may have some other numbers. ones. Oh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. At this point, um, it was it's awesome. It's a lot of fun, and they they have fun also with historical characters. Like I said, I was flat out Ernest Hemingway. You were Amelia Earhart. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just really funny the people that they put in there. Um, so let's move on. We don't have to talk about this one very long. Don Pepe. We played this with Pete. <laughs> And uh, I don't even know how to describe this game. Milton Bradley super, game, though, from overseas. It was. It was super real. culturally It was sensitive. mean. Oh, yeah, very culturally insensitive. <laughs> There's a reason why it wasn't released in the U.S. But anyway, you're a gang of gangsters, mafia people, whatever, and you're sitting around the table. And for some reason, you had a cake with a bomb inside. But you also had people that had knives, and you had people who had guns, and they could per person with a knife could knife knife the person next to them if they had the right card in their hand. Person with the gun could shoot the person across the table from them if they had the right card in their hand. There's also stuff on the table that if you find a gun in front of you, you can use the gun. There are ways to make money like casinos. So if you have both the casinos together, you get money off of that. There's a cash register on one side where if you have to have one of your uh, mobsters sit in front of the cash register, you make twice the amount of money. There's all kinds of stuff going around, so you're jockeying yeah, all for this position. Stuff, all this stuff is open on the table at yeah. different seats, and if you have a guy yeah, sitting the there, you get it. it. And on your turn, you play two cards, and they if they yeah, the match the symbols, big 
table. You do the action. Yeah. It's just a table and you're sitting your little mobsters around and then you, you basically, there's massacres every round and mm-hmm. the person at the end with the most money wins. Uh, it was living if you, still had, if you had still living gangsters left, exactly. Uh, Pete was not having a good time with this game. <laughs> no. Uh, a lot of us weren't having no. a very good time. I think Richards used to play in this with like Steve Avery and some other people. and they. It's just a mean game. It's really mean. It's, you know, it's, it's a yeah. classic. A classic. It's, it's, it's too complex for what it is, but then also isn't. It's also by Dominic Earhart, which is a Man, old, school, I, old school fan of Dominic Earhart. Yeah. I feel like right now Dominic I have to apologize to Pete. I just looked at the three games we played with him and really death may die was like he didn't really want to do it but he did it we won yay <laughs> don pepe everyone against everybody right and then the next game he wasn't happy with that one either he, was just like, uh, he had he I think he had more fun now. i think he had more fun with long shot than he did all the rest of them but still pete was yeah. he was in a bad way in long shot <laughs> So yeah. long. We played Longshot next. Uh, we may have mentioned Longshot. Actually, there was a recent uh, Kickstarter for Longshot, the dice game, which is a condensed version of the regular racing game. It's a horse racing game. Oh and, wow! Uh, you know I love horse racing games. So we were yeah. all wondering what to play, and I saw Longshot. I was like, Yeah, we're playing Longshot because <laughs> it plays well with five players. Yeah. And so you dig it out. It's by Chris Handy, and it's uh, you're you basically there's a. a 10 horses out on the track. There's 10 horses that you can buy. You start with a certain amount of money. And on your turn, you can buy a horse or you can play a card. And you're always going to roll the dice to see which horse moves. When you buy a horse, if you're if the, if a, a certain horse moves and it shows on the bottom of your horse's card, your horse moves as well. So depending on who you buy will help your odds of your horse going further and further. So it's a cool system. And there's all kinds of weird card play you can play, like sending horses backwards and getting free money for no reason, you know, things like that. So there's a lot of little bit of chaos in the game, but it's still just fun and lighthearted, and it's really exciting. Like it's just yeah. exciting to see the horses go around the track. And then <laughs> Daryl, I thought I was gonna win, but Daryl bought like three horses. Like who buys three horses? <laughs> just, I kept getting those, you know. Oh, get twenty dollars, and I'm like, well, I must well buy a horse with this. <laughs> so I loaded up. Yeah, I won the race with with my six guns, which is always my lucky horse when I play long shot. Uh, but I ultimately lost the game because I didn't bet enough on both my horse and the other two horses that placed. And I, I was middle of the pack. Yeah, you were right, right in the middle of the pack. That <laughs> was were, your that was your yeah. your, uh, your strategy, wasn't uh, it? Uh, TC middle of the pack, Penny. <laughs> yep, as 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 we all know, is my middle name the C. <laughs> this count stands for middle of the pack. Middle of the pack. And Pete, he was in really good shape. He owned one of the winning horses, and I, I bet a lot of money on his horse. The problem is, is that then some other people started betting more money on the horse. So I actually had to send his horse backwards like five spaces in two turns, and he was it was not pretty. So No, he was not happy. <laughs> no, he was not. It was a dumb game. I hate it. I love long shot. And he got to the point. <laughs> Buy it. So, I wish so I had it. He had. <laughs> he bought the one horse right off that, and clearly Pete has played the game before. Yeah, yeah. Immediately bought the one horse, and the one horse has the most numbers at the bottom, so it moves the most. It moves a lot. Yes. Um, according to the odds, right? And the payouts aren't as big just, as the other odds, but still. Yeah, it, Pete. If we didn't move his horse back as often as we did, he. I mean, no, no doubt in my mind, it won. <laughs> and, but yeah, poor, sorry. Poor six gun, yeah. six gun one. So, 
But yeah, poor. It even got like it was down between my horse and his for third, and mine crossed first, right at the line. So it (laughs) went from a definite winner to nothing. Well, at least he got to taste all these games he had sour uh, grapes in with Taco Bell that night. So we all had Taco Bell late, and then he was like, you know, he had to peace out because it was it was pretty late at that point. We ate really late that night. Yeah. Anyway, it was great playing. It's always great playing with Pete. Oh yeah, and I'm glad he came over and we were able to have some fun together. And uh, we'll have to apologize and play exactly every game that he wants to play next time we we go down. Mm-hmm. Uh, only jaws, only jaws. It'll be all shark games. <laughs> <laughs> Lots of shark games. Oh, and well, Marvel stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Masters of the Night. Does anybody want to tackle this one? I can. I you can do, do it quick. It? Yeah, okay, let's do it quick. quick. You'll be the right. Master of the Night. It's a vampire game. You play as a vampire, and you go around. It's a co-op game where there's a three by three grid. Mm. Yeah, a great mm. three by three grid. Love that Love dynamic. Three by three That's right. Uh, but but you uh, you go around. You each. It's. I'm just gonna say the good thing about it. Yeah, go for it. So it's tight all the time. The system that it uses puts out. Uh, puts out vampire or puts out uh, the the bad guys agents or agents yeah, agents, yeah, agents. Yeah. there we go so agents that are looking for vampires uh, by flipping over a card and then placing those onto the 3 by 3 grid where it tells tells you to place them as the game goes on it gets harder and harder by going through different acts but whatever you place out those pieces and then you as as vampires with very limited actions have to take them out the cool part about this game was the fact that because of how specific and frequent those bad things happen, uh, the bad the bad people coming out is, it is tight from the start to the finish. Absolutely, you yeah. con you are constantly are one step away from dying. You have to continuously do cleanup. You have to keep that going because if you ever get overrun, and there's only like eleven or twelve of these tokens, mm-hmm. if you ever have all play, then we realized we were playing something a little bit wrong. So we we were like, we'll just start again, and it was so much better. It was so much better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. just I would say play it. I pissed off DC for If you're interested in a very straightforward co-op game that is difficult. It's, and you have yeah. to kind of make chess moves to to manipulate. And your you way actually through. have to talk to each other and make those 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 chess moves together. It's actually a really true co-op. Yeah. There's no quarterbacking in this one. No. Yeah. So you really you really do have to be talking. You really do have to be doing stuff. Uh, I love the the constant pressure. I think that's really cool. Again, I don't know how many people will like that because that just means that the game is hard and you could die at any point. Yeah. Uh, I like that kind of stuff, but. <laughs> And the vampires have cool powers. They all have different abilities. They all play differently. Um, and that's cool, too. You know, the aesthetic of the game is pretty good, too. I mean, I think it was uh, it was solid. I mean, I, I mean, I personally wouldn't buy it. Yeah, but I'd play it bit. if somebody wanted to, for sure. Yeah. And if you, But if you're really into vampires and co-ops, you might want to look into it. Hey, Daryl, why don't you tell us about Escape the Dark Castle? Uh, Escape the Dark Castle, as everyone will know. Sorry, that was my chair. And I'm sorry, if I've been stifling a lot... I. Been fighting you got, allergies. You got the COVID? So, no, I don't. I do not have the COVID. <laughs> Everything's fine. Okay, I had okay. really bad allergies or something when we when I got back from Camp Lonius. I got con crud from our. We all got con crud. We did. We all got con crud. So I'll blame Pete. And <laughs> uh, sorry, Pete. Uh, so anyway, so yeah. So if you hear noise, I'm sorry. That's that's all me and Chris will yell at me and text when he's editing this. Yep. I'll uh, be like, but, dang it, Daryl. 
Escape the Dark Castle was a game Richard picked up in, I think he said England, uh, when he was out and about in his travels. And it's a very black and white box. And it's fitting because the entire game is black and white. There is no other colors in this game. And it is, as everyone knows, Tom Vassell's game of the year. The game of the year. <laughs> Uh, he can't go on and on. You have to do it. Enough, uh, you have to explain what you that gotta explain what that is. That, is that sarcasm so, or yes, yeah. it is? He hates this game. Okay, he yeah. absolutely hates he, this game. he despised it. Uh, said it yeah. wasn't a game at all, which is <laughs> absolute bull crap. I'm sorry, uh, but it is Tom very Russell cool drama. if you are into vintage dungeon crawls. It is cheesy 1980s like. Art on a notebook paper. Yeah, this is art. this is the type of it's game so that wild. you designed in eighth grade during math class. This is what this game is. Yeah, and like it, it's you flip the card over, and everyone has their character cards, and you fight that card, and you roll dice, and that's how the that's the battle mechanic, and you have to do what the the card that you flipped over says, and if you do, then you proceed down the dungeon. Well, how do you proceed down the dungeon? You flip over the next card, do whatever that says, and you're trying to get to the boss at the bottom of the dungeon because again over boss that's where bosses belong in the <laughs> <laughs> um, but and you're just trying to get all the way down to the, the the final boss and if anyone dies during the course of this the game's over and so it is no thought no like it, it's just it, it's it's Leroy Jenkins the game <laughs> like, right, it really is you have to have fun going into it you can't take this seriously yeah it is but everything about this game is dripping with the theme of what I said like the like Chris hit the nail on the head designed in math class everything's dripping with that art <laughs> style you you drew like this in high school or you knew someone that drew like right. this in high school yes and I like, totally knew somebody who drew like this in high school yeah and it's like you get it, and it's just go. It's dumb fun. It's all that game. I, is the I dumb had a blast. I mean, here's the thing: there's a die for everything in this game. It is <laughs> oh, ridiculous. There's, there's, yeah, a, there's one there's card one in the card. deck, and it has a die. It has a die yeah. exactly. Yeah, there's one card in the deck that's different, like the golden axe. There's one yeah. die. And Somebody <laughs> sitting around at the lunch table went, "Oh, dude, what if you had a golden axe that popped out every now and then?" They're like, "Yeah, we can make a die for it." <laughs> and we'll make the die gold. Yeah, we yeah, can gold man. plate it. I mean, this is just the 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 production quality on this is crazy. Especially well for yeah, the die. Uh, the rest whatever of whatever version just, we were playing was so deluxe. It was like the oh, deluxe. He had Richard edition, had everything. No, that's, deluxe, yeah. that's the version. There's no, no deluxe. That's no, the no. There's no. Yes. No yes. Way. This is way too yeah. big. No, it's right. gotta it's gotta be the deluxe version. There's way too much stuff in that box. And uh, it was any rate, it's, rid- it's ridiculous. Anyway, it was totally ridiculous, but yeah, totally just mindless dice chucking fun. We lost to the plague queen. Yep, at, at the, the very end, boss. Yeah, in the dungeon. Uh, <laughs> so that's the final boss in the dungeon. And but it was, we got through all the cards. We had a blast. We were fighting every tooth and nail. We were trash talking each other. We were making fun of the card art that was flipping out. Like, and, and keep. We're not drinking. We're not. You know, it's. Just, just sitting around playing a board just game, that having was it. fun. It was just, we just got into it, and right. it was great. It was it was very different and very very good. It was weird, and I like weird yeah. stuff. So yeah. And I want to clarify, we weren't in a dungeon, we were in a dark castle. We were in a dark castle. Wait, well, actually, we were in the dark castle. We were in dungeon. the dungeon. No, those yeah. dungeon cards. We were in the yeah. dungeon. It was very clear in the dungeon. <laughs> 
We are in the Dark Castle Dungeon, so that's fine. All right, well, let's move on. We've actually talked about this game before. I think the last, uh, I don't yeah. know if it was the last Camp Lonius or the previous Camp Lonius before that, but it's Deadline. And Deadline's awesome. We're getting yeah. into the detective portion of, <laughs> of this thing. Uh, we'll get we'll talk about detective here, detective city of angels here in a second. But deadline is a, a another kind of whodunit game. You're all playing detectives, and you have a special ability on your card that you flip and use once per game. But essentially, what it is is a puzzle game. You're trying to um, you're questioning suspects, and on the bottom of their cards, they'll have a set of symbols, and you've got to make those symbols in order on the cards from your hand that you flip out. And you can place the cards on top of each other in certain ways. Uh, there's like a row of three or four, three or four. I can't remember three. I think on the bottom of each card, there might be blank spots, but one place. Might oh have yes, three. Three yeah. might have a fedora. One might have a, a you know, cigarettes. One might have a gun. But you got to work together each round. You're trying to play through, and if you can't play during that that turn, you have to fold. Uh, and if everybody ends up folding, then you basically lose that that uh, suspect. And yep. you can also supplement because every time you play a card that has a certain, there's four different matchbooks that are out there as well. And whenever you flip a matchbook over, if you need to on your turn, you could use a couple of those, two or three or four of those matchbooks to activate an ability. So it can still keep you in the game. So those matchbooks are really the heart of the game, which is super cool. It's and it's a puzzle, but it's I'm also trying to by questioning suspects, you get to find out what the suspect has to say. And then yep. by all that, you have to figure out what the mystery is, like who did what and where. And you get points based on your answers. And in the in the back of the rule book, it'll tell you based on the, the case you played. Uh, it'll tell you kind of like, okay, you got this right. You got this right. You got this right. It's basically a mystery. And by solving the little puzzle cards along the way, you get to talk to more people. Right. And you get more of the story. And so you lay them all out at the end, you read them together, and you figure out what happened, and then you answer questions in the back of the rule book. Yeah, and it, it's Sherlock Holmes the card game. It really is. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. I just think it's a great system. It's a neat it's, little. It's really clever. Puzzly system. Um, if you like kind of solving mysteries, but you also like puzzles, then Deadline's awesome. I, it is definitely not one that's still in print. I believe it, this is a WizKids thing as well, if I recall correctly. And this came out quite a while ago. I'd like to find a copy somewhere. I'm sure there's some exist online somewhere because I, I really think Beach, this game's great. BGG, yeah. Uh, we're getting down to the wire here. Well, actually, we'll, we'll keep. We'll do this one next. Detective, Detective City of Angels. This is from Van Ryder Games by uh, Evan Derrick, and this is one that I kickstarted and also play tested a lot of stuff for well, we've all played it you know with the regular way with the chisel and so in the detective city of angels typically one person plays the chisel and the chisel is someone who's basically guiding the story but also trying to fool the investigators sometimes the detectives in the game sometimes you have a specific case there's lots of cases that come in the base game but there's also expansions for it as well and we were playing one. Richard had mentioned, have you ever played Detective without the chisel? And I was like, how do you even do that? He's yeah. like, well, one person runs the story and you, the rest of you play as detectives and you're going around the city trying to solve the case, like as a co-op. And I was like, well, that sounds fascinating. Let's try that. So we did. And it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. I mean, it's very different from playing regular Detective because uh, you are go you are cooperating. You're trying to talk to each other and find those clues together, but it makes more sense as far as the story is concerned because you're all getting those clues together. 
Um, mm-hmm. There's less tension in the game, obviously, because it's co-op, and you're able to leverage uh, so much during the game that if somebody's lying to you, you just go, ah, I'm going to use some leverage, <laughs> and you're going to tell me the truth, you know? And so there's a little bit of tension as far as like getting things wrong because you could lose time, and if you don't solve the case by the time the days run out, you know, you kind of quote-unquote quote unquote, lose the game. But we, by the end, weren't even close to... You know, running out. Of yeah, and I think we could we could up to the difficulty. We were on the last easily. day. We could have yeah. if we wanted to. We were, were we on, on the last, last day? day? Okay. Yeah, because you guys guessed wrong the first time because you didn't listen to me. <laughs> well, Daryl, so. you're the 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 uh, premier detective. I'm sorry. I just I'm about damn time you recognize that. <laughs> Missed my calling in life. So if you have not played out there, if you have not played Detective City of Angels with with the chisel, without the chisel, whatever it is, it's a great game. Great production value. Lots of great story in it. Good writing. Uh, I would yeah, great uh, writing. Yeah, I would really recommend checking it out. Um, f- two other f- ones really quickly before we get into the ones that Daryl played by himself. Um, does anybody want to talk about Aliens Bug Hunt? Where's Bowski? Do you want to talk about Aliens Bug Hunt? Or do you want us to talk about you in I'll, Aliens Bug Hunt? I mean, I'll, I'll talk about Aliens Bug okay. Hunt, I guess. Aliens Bug Hunt is a flip over a tile, see what's on that tile, and move on to it. And it always has aliens. Yeah, it almost always has aliens. You're surprised. Yeah. There's aliens. Oh, look, there's tile. aliens in this Aliens game. <laughs> <laughs> so you, I mean, obviously it's from Aliens and not Alien. Mm-hmm. So I, it goes... We're playing Colonial Marines. It, yeah. it, my scale on this, it goes from... 10 to you know, immediately a 7 because it's not like <laughs> the actual good thing to play games what? on. The uh, original Alien's so good. Anyway, but uh, the you no, know, you get to be Marines and shoot aliens. That's fun. <laughs> it's like there's no, there's, yeah, whatever. Anyway, so uh, you get to be Marines and shoot aliens and so the idea is that you're just going out and trying to collect a thing Vic- victory whatever they were called they 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 helped us to power Symbols. up these things yeah we yeah. needed to power up three of these things and mm-hmm. get out right. and so basically you needed to search find the find the thing power up these special abilities once you'd unlocked the the power you could then use that special ability three times it cost three to get it it was a little weird that way but you could do that and then so you were just going around and killing aliens and they would spawn and try to get to the left edge of the board and you would have to explore to the right Mm -hmm. there's basically five rows five rows that they could attack from and so as you're building this out in that the tile and the, the facility that you're exploring in those five rows you also have to build it in such a way that you are making sure that you don't leave the spaces empty because if the if you just don't explore in an area. They just run through the dark and they immediately leave. Right. And, and they if you run out of them, aliens, what's that? I'll say, and evidently them escaping into space was a bad thing. It was a bad thing because you because you didn't know. Well, thematically, you didn't know where they might pop up later. But if you ran out of aliens in that particular portion of the facility, you would lose the game. So you yeah. want to make sure you're controlling the amount of aliens you kill that go back into the pool. But, but anyway, you have you have this big pool of dice. They all represent an alien. You put the aliens out. They are just dice. And they move closer and closer to the exit. Mm-hmm. And if they ever get to the exit, you take them out and throw them back in the box. Right. And if you ever run out of aliens because there are too many on the board or they have been thrown away, the game's over. Right. If you ever get all of your thing, three things powered and leave the space station, you win. 
And you, also, if any any group of Marines were totally killed, you lost. Oh, that's true. Yeah. Yes. So you you had your own. You had your star, and you had two grunts. Mm-hmm. You could kill the two grunts, but as long as you're or and and you're, well, I guess you could kill yourself too. But as long as one of your characters survived, right? You could you could leave and you could win. Uh, it came down to the wire. I don't know if I really did anything in this game that was <laughs> control wise to to, 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 to to make any I don't think any of my decisions mattered other than the fact that I just consistently was like oh there's too many aliens over there I'm yeah, gonna go exactly. running around this and do a, this so you get to play some some of the characters from from the from aliens like you know Ripley I was Ripley and we had Bishop in the game and but DC's playing Wierzbowski like Wierzbowski gets killed so early in the movie but all you hear in that fight scene when they first come come across all the aliens is "Where's Bowski? Where's Bowski?" That's that's you. <laughs> We're all yelling over the intercom like "Where's Where's Bowski?" and you're just off wandering around in the yeah. tunnels like doing whatever Which you want. Which doesn't make to. any sense because my ability on my character is when you are with other people in a spot, gain like right, this. But bonus. you never wanted to be near anyone, and I was never near anyone, <laughs> and I never got the bonus not once in the entire game. Yep. And it wasn't, and when I was trying to be near people, it didn't work. So it's well, like. Well, my Ripley ability was I had to be standing on one of those victory point spots to uh, get my ability yeah. to go. And I was like, oh my God. This game. It, anyway, the game was just roll roll a bunch of dice. Sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. <laughs> right, exactly. If you roll blanks, you're good. You kill the kill the. I will aliens. say that the tension. Otherwise, you're just stuck. Uh, yeah, exactly. I will say that the tension was good. Um, you know, it's just, it's a, it's a. A trifle of a game, but if you like aliens and you like exploring tiles, then you might like this game. Um, it was fun because we had fun playing it, and we're all yeah. yelling at Where's Bowski? Like, get over here. <laughs> no, I gotta go over here. <laughs> um, and finally, I will ra- wrap it up with lucky numbers. I've not mentioned this on the podcast yet, but I played it with... For good reason. Hey, I like lucky numbers, okay? <laughs> Michael Schacht. I think it's Kind of shacked out this one. <laughs> yeah, he sure did. So I was first taught this by Eric Basimi when I went to play games with him in New Bern when he was down visiting. And uh, it was just a fun little game you could play with anybody. Essentially, all you do is it's, it's, it's like mathless Sudoku the game. It's a one, a, depending on the number of players you put, four-leaf clovers out in the middle of the table that have one through 20 on them. You draw five at the beginning of the game. And there's a five, four. Fourth, begin of the game and put them in numerical order diagonally down your board, and then essentially what you have to do when you draw a tile from the from the middle of the board, you have to look and make sure that it matches ascending order from the across the rows and the columns. So you just have to make sure everything is kind of its place. There's a little puzzly. If it can't be placed or you want to replace a tile, you can replace a tile and put it face up in the center of the table, and that might benefit somebody else and take it. It is pretty yeah. much mindless, uh, but I think it's fun. It was it cost me like twelve bucks. It's like <laughs> I don't care. I'll carry it around, and it's one that you can play with anybody, like non gamers, uh, uh, anybody. I thought it was fun. I take it. I take my disappointment for Rivals back and say this is the definite number one <laughs> most disappointing game. Oh my goodness! There is no game here. Oh. this is this is bingo for people who don't have. <laughs> Don't have the patience for bingo. For bingo. Okay. No, I mean, or you crowds. can say that. That's fine. Or crowds. <laughs> I I thought it was enjoyable. So I I wish there I wish there was more. I like usually my like my Michael Shack stuff. Yeah. So I'm sad that this is not like the new Colorado. Oh well. Well, I mean, I mean, it's tough to beat Colorado. 
Yeah. It's like, you know, what do you do when you design, like, you know, something like Probably Colorado or make no lucky things, numbers. You never, yeah, well, exactly. You just make lucky numbers. Why not? Y'all, pull, pull try number, out lucky numbers. Don't listen to them. Pull numbers out of a hat. The game. <laughs> That's, it's fine. It's fine. All right, Daryl, you got to play three games without us. You want to wrap us up with these three? I did. So these turkeys left super early Monday, <laughs> and my mm-hmm. flight was a lot later. So I stuck around. And got to help clean up Camp Lanius and make sure the camp was good for our next visit. And by doing so, uh, we talked some more uh, game secret. design stuff. Mm-hmm. We, we set it up and looked at things and, you know, pitched some ideas and wrote down some notes. But then we decided to play some games, too. And so the first one is Richard's had Walking Dead. Here's Negan. And he wanted to get to the game table this weekend. But Chris said... No. <laughs> right. So uh, Chris, Chris respects Negan way too damn much to see him sullied in a board game. And who's, so ne- who's Negan? Do- Fifty. If you're like me, fifty percent of the podcast listeners. Who's Negan? Who's Negan? Yeah. Negan, Negan is Walking Dead. The Walking Dead. If you walk, if you walk, watch Walking Dead, you know who Negan is. If you, or even read the comics. If you don't know Walking Dead, you won't know who Negan is. And you won't care. So go ahead, Daryl. I've only played yep. the video games. So. Uh, in the show, it's amazing because he's portrayed by an amazing actor named Jeffrey Dean Morgan, who is, he is not a great actor. Enough stuff, in my opinion. Yeah, he's great. So he anyway. plays the comedian in Watchmen, by the way, for everybody. Else. Yeah, so good. Yeah, uh, and the dad of the boys in uh, Supernatural. Anyway, um, oh yeah, Walking Dead. Here's Negan. Uh, miniatures game. You're laying out tiles and you're trying to get your miniatures from one end to the other. You're killing zombies along the way. Uh, and then you have to manage your threat level and all that. I can't go more into it because <laughs> we didn't play the full game because Richard packed it up. And for Richard <laughs> to pack up a game because it's not good says yeah, a lot. Use He'll play games. anything. He will yeah. play anything and see it all the way through to see if there's a redeeming thing. This was threw it back in the box, didn't organize anything, threw the lid on it and said, not playing that one again. And that was the end of that game. So we didn't even have a full round. It was just, there were so many tokens. There were so many things going on. The rules weren't clear on a lot of things. And like to start off and it's like, wait, what happens if I go into here? I don't know. Well, what's the rule say? Uh, let me look. The rules don't say. What do you mean the rules? Oh, let me look on BGG. No one's talking about this on BGG. What? And then you know, we're just like, and that, I think he just hit a reach, reach, reach breaking point because we didn't know who to attack who first and things like it was a bunch of just blah. Um, so was, here's Negan. What little of it I did. Um, then to, to kind of wash the palette of that, he had the cards of Cthulhu and that's a, a co-op game and it plays a little bit like deadline with the slot machine mechanic, like trying to match up icons. And so you're doing that. You have five different, uh, Five different locations you yeah, that are being invaded by cultists and monsters, and they're each one trying to summon their their uh, great old one. And so you're playing the symbols at the location to destroy the cultists coming up. Because once you get three, then it summons the minor boss. Once it gets four, then it summons the major boss. And when it gets all five, then the big guy comes out, and you're 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 toast. Like you, the odds of you winning are slim. And uh, wouldn't you know it? That's how we lost. 
<laughs> so we played that once. We and the game went on pretty long actually. It's because it's it's very much a tug of war between the game. Like it's a co-op, but the game is very hard and it's all totally random. So I mean, I guess the game's as hard as is equal to how well you've shuffled. I don't I don't know. Um, <laughs> so that was the cards That's of Cthulhu. Cards of Cthulhu. <laughs> um yeah, we played it. Uh, and then the last thing <laughs> it's a game. we only had about an we only had about an hour left, and I saw Marvel United on a shelf, and uh, we, were, we were talking about that, and he's like, you know, we should play that. Have you played it? I said, no. He goes, your son will love this. Let's play it. And I, so we sat down, and we played Marvel United. We played Marvel United four times. <laughs> it was amazing. So uh, I say four times because the first three times we missed a very important role. And because we were playing Kingpin, who's a promo, versus Daredevil and Punisher. Oh, that's cool. And Kingpin had Bullseye at a location. Mm -hmm. So technically, it's Kingpin and Bullseye versus Punisher and Daredevil. And no matter what, like the whole point is you're trying to go to these five locations. They each have um, like some, I forget what the name of the card is, but it's like a criminal card that is affecting the whole game or just that location. And so you have to get these star tokens onto it to cancel those out, to, to discard them. And, and then you can move on about the, the mission. And the whole point is you've got to get these cards gone to be able to rescue um, uh, to, to rescue uh, people, civilians. civilians. I'm sorry, rescue, mm-hmm. rescue civilians. And also to beat up thugs. And so every time you rescue a civilian, it goes on a card on Kingpin's thing. And you have, you're trying to fill it up. I think it was 15 or 12. Once you rescue 15 or 12 civilians, then that card's discarded, and Kingpin gets a little bit easier for you to hit. Uh, or, like, he he gets stronger, but uh, there's a positive for you. And you're trying to get rid of all three of these cards. Well, for the first two games, we're like, we can only get rid of one card. We can only get rid of one card. Like, how is this even possible? Do we need more players? Does Kingpin say you need three to four players? And we looked at the rules. No one was saying anything about it. And I'm looking at the board. I'm like, wait, this three, this third card that gets tokens, it only needs six or it only needs four. And he's like, yeah, I'm like, what, how do you get tokens on that? He goes, oh, by finishing the objective cards at the locations. I'm like, we've been doing that the whole time. <laughs> so we've just been forgetting to put the token on there. So, uh, so the the third game we did it. We, Kingpin still beat us. The fourth game, because we had a little bit more time, we're like, oh, let's do it one more time. And we beat it with the last card in the last turn. If it didn't work, then we lost. And it was like, that's the way you want to like win or lose in the co-op. So mm. uh, it was cool. It was very, very cute. Ethan's going to absolutely love this game. Yeah, Not a doubt in my mind. It's really popular with families and kids. And you know, I... Yeah. Was a, I mean, I'll say I'm a sucker, and I, I guess I should say I'm a sucker, but uh, I mm-hmm. bought into the X Men one. Uh, they just had Marvel mm-hmm. United X Men, and I, I bought into the base game and two expansions. The reason why is because one of the expansions is the Fantastic Four. And I was like, yeah, ah, it's a Kickstarter exclusive, and I know how <laughs> difficult these are to get sometimes. And I'm like, fine, I'll buy X Men and get the Fantastic Four. And, but by the time when you back these Simon, Kickstarters, there's like a million minis you get. Like at the base game, you get yep, like yeah. whatever. But then I was like, finally, I was like, they announced Kitty Pride. I'm like, okay, great, Kitty Pride's in it now. And then, the, and then as soon as the Fantastic Four was announced, I was like, yeah, okay, fine. Here's my money. Here, here just 
get me, put sucker put sucker on my back and here's my money to get it. But I mean, I've watched videos and I think one of the cool mechanics for it is like you know how you're playing the cards around the ring and whatever card yeah. previous to the one that you did augments what your your character does. And I think that's a neat little mechanic that's um, got a nice twist to it. Simple. Yeah, I, I, at first he like we kept laying the cards out, and I'm like, do we want to pile these up? And he's like, no, 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 because you may have to look back earlier. Yeah. I was yeah. like, oh, okay. And then once I realized it's supposed to be a ring all the way around, I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. This is that's pretty clever. Yeah, it um, looks again, cool on the table too. Player. I had a blast. Yeah. yeah. It's also but one that I've heard cool. is very easy for Pretty you well. to play like solo, like you know, doing multiple characters at once. So, which I could see. Oh yeah, totally. see. yeah. Because there's no real text on cards. There's a couple of cards in your deck that have like one or two sentences of a special ability, mm-hmm. uh, but for the most part, they're all textless cards. It's like, oh, this icon. Oh, this icon. I'm gonna do this. I'm gonna do that. It, I mean, it, the Marvel theme is very pasted on, but I don't care. It works. Yeah, I felt like it's... I. And it's got cute little miniatures with it. So, like, who cares? You know, it's. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Well, I'm looking forward to my thousand miniatures that's coming sometime. I don't know when it's going to be <laughs> because of the ships now. Uh, yeah. I haven't even paid attention to the updates. I don't care. Just whenever it shows up, it shows up. <laughs> Maybe I'll yep. still be alive when it gets here. Who knows? Well, I think that covers all the games we played, unless I missed something. I think that's everything. Yeah. Oh, and all the secrets. All the secrets that we'll talk about later. That's right. Whenever whenever we uh, can actually announce what, what we were actually playing, the top secret stuff, we will definitely let you know on the podcast. For now, mm-hmm. let's move on to the backside of the podcast. All right, only a couple of things to take care of here on the backside. Uh, two Kickstarters that I'll mention really quickly. One is by a little company called Greater Than Games, and that is who's that? I have no idea. They're just a tiny little startup that no one has They're ever heard amazing. of. <laughs> uh, so, Get Bit, the uh, the classic shark attack game. This is a game that was designed by Dave Chalker years and years and years ago. I think the original publisher was. I think Mayday was the original publisher of it, but it was, it was with Mayday it was. forever. And basically, it's a game. Um, you're, you have a hand of cards. You're drawing cards, and also having to manage cards that are in your hand. And you're trying to. You have a little in this edition. You have a little robot aqua dude who's swimming along, and you have you're basically along a line. And depending on the number of card that you put out is going to make a difference as to how you move. If you tie with someone, though, you don't move at all. So that's the kind of caveat of playing the game. Very super easy to play, but whoever's left in the back of the line gets chomped by the shark, the big mechanical sharks. And they have removable limbs, and so you basically remove a limb in the shark expansion. Uh, the shark actually has cards that they play. Somebody can play as a shark, and they tell you which limb that you, you lose and so on. Ro- so robot shark. Oh, robot, robot shark. shark. Robot shark. Excuse me. Robot shark. Because real sharks aren't mean. Just robot sharks. Only robot sharks. Everyone a... knows this. Robot <laughs> sharks are mean. Robot sharks. Not real sharks. That's right. Exactly. Robot sharks are extra mean. So anyway, that's what happens throughout the game. And if you ever get all of your limbs chomped off, you're done for. And then it's basically you know, last person standing. Uh, well, actually, when he gets down to two players, it's whoever is closest to the front wins the game. Yep. 
Yeah. It's a cool game. It's one that I've played many, many times over the years. It's a great game to play like late night at conventions because it's it's pretty easy. But it all has a social element. It has a bluffing element. You have to remember just a little bit of what people have played, but you get to see what they've played because it's laid out in front of them. And so you can try to hedge your bets as to, I think I can play more than Daryl, but he also has still have a three in his hand. If I pay the three, does he go play three at the same time? And it'll really hose me and I'll be stuck in the back. Anyway, check it out. Uh, there's some graphic design by a certain someone on the podcast. Not me. Um, Daryl was working on this project. And I did testing and development on some of the stuff, especially the expansion stuff for it. A lot of fun. So go check it out on Kickstarter. It could use your help. We won't lie. Uh, it needs uh, it's 14 days to go, and it needs a good chunk of change. So go check it out. Help out Dave because he's a great guy, and this is a great game. The other thing I'll mention on Kickstarter is Reapers is on there by our friend Daniel Newman. It has surpassed its pledge goal. The thing about this one is that 256 backers, and they are only making 500 of these. So if you're interested in this game, you need to go check it out and back now. This is from New Mill Industries. This was, uh, we had Tony and Daniel on episode 176, the one about boutique publishing. So if you haven't listened to that one, go back and listen to uh, the one about boutique publishing. But this one's very interesting. It's a trick-taker game. It's all about necromancy. Uh, Daniel likes his dark dark themes, which I think is really kind of funny. But anyway, um, basically it has a twist on, on trick-taking. Uh, winners, winners of tricks score the lowest value card in the trick rather than the trick itself as a point. And so you're actually kind of the more tricks that you're taking, you're getting low value cards into, the, into your hand and, and to uh, eventually playing out again. Um, they also, players, it says here, players will place a wager as to how they think they will do in each hand, giving options for scoring the fewest points, scoring the second most points, or trying not to predict, all of which can be viable strategies. So, again, a lot of different and interesting twists on trick takers, and it's totally, again, by New Mill. Uh, They're indie boutique publishers, and go check it out because we support Daniel and Tony and the company. So I'll mention that one. And uh, that's pretty much it. Does anybody else have anything to mention? Anything new? Do you want to talk? About, I forget. Do you want to talk about what's your you design that's coming out soon, or you just don't want to mention that at all? <laughs> what do I? What did I design? Joe? What do you want to say anything about GI Joe? Oh, should I say? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Since because <laughs> uh, since I since I was like the negative. <laughs> because you said negative. no, like, since you were negative. Edit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no. <laughs> <clears throat> Did oh we can, no because we haven't even done it yet right because there's no the announcement wasn't by last podcast right the announcement was not by yeah last podcast. okay exactly. perfect good good reminder yeah, yeah. So, GI Joe the deck building game mm-hmm. from Renegade Game Studios and Hasbro uh, <clears throat> coming out um, it designed is no. <laughs> designed designed by TC Petty the Third at least that's what it says on that's the what box. it says on the box. So, so it's all your fault. Up and coming, up and coming <laughs> designer uh, involved in this. Uh, yeah. So, I, I, here's the thing. So, GI Joe, I last ooh, November or so, they announced that Renegade had picked up some of the Hasbro licenses. Right. Uh, you already saw Power Rangers, mm-hmm. and they've done more Power Rangers now with the Power Rangers deck building game. They're going to also have My Little Pony deck building game, Transformers deck building game, and G.I. Joe G. deck Joe. building game. Right. G.I. Joe. you mix them together? You can mix them all together. They don't work. They don't work together, but, but you can mix can them together. It. Yeah. It's possible to do it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, what's cool, though, about that, what you just said, is that each game has significant differences that make them unique 
they are all designed individually. They're not designed to be a system that works together. Each one is its own unique system and it works differently. So that is a positive, I think, for most people who would be thinking, oh, they must be trying to tie them all in together. And they're not, you know, it's like, so I did the, I think, wow. I'm just going to say it because like, I don't know when they're going to say it. It's like, I did yeah. the, the expansion for, for the Power Rangers deck building game for uh, Zio, which I think got announced, but I'm not sure. I don't really, at this point, maybe I'm spoiling it, but I, I think, I think you should know. Well, so, just, so, it doesn't matter. Go yeah, ahead. So, but I'm okay. involved Again, in that. So. Just remind them who you are, TC. Just remind them who you are. Yeah, I'm TC Petty the third. Copying <laughs> no, no, design. No, Renegade, you in trouble. Just be like, pull up your Kickstarter. Like, oh, 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 yeah. oh, yeah. Remember how I made you more money than any other game that you have? Uh, <laughs> that's, that's, by a significant yeah. amount. Especially one that wasn't licensed. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I, I, the cool thing about the G.I. Joe deck builder is you get a chance to take your Joes, which is part of the deck you get. You know, your normal set of Joes, you have your leader and everything, but you get to go on missions, which I think is the kind of the twist on deck building that's a little different for this in the sense that you'll take a one of classic G.I. Joe vehicle, load it up with G.I. Joes and take them on a main story mission. So in this in this one, there's two, there's 36 missions, but 18 of those are for the uh, mass mass, mass device, device right. which is the classic original G.I. Joe series. And then the second one is a completely new uh, Operation Mind Control, uh, which is related to Dr. Mindbender. Dr. Mindbender, yeah. Yeah, and so that one is created by me, specifically just story-wise from top to bottom, but it plays on all the classic tropes of like G.I. Joe and everything. And I will say it, there are both stories have a story mission that where the Joes are being disbanded. Of and course. They, they have to. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You can't have a story without, without the Joes disbanding. Yeah. Yeah. Or Baroness being a secret agent that gets uncovered. So oh, that yes. happens, I yeah. think, only in one of them because I, re- I resisted the urge to put it in there. But for future, for, you know, for things in the future that I might be working on, it's going to come back. Baroness definitely is a yeah. double agent and always gets revealed. <laughs> Uh, when you least expect it, too. Of course. It's always the person that's, like, the most in-your-face obvious person. <laughs> uh, it's really funny. Anyway, so, but, uh, deck building, like, I love the fact that you have deck building, you also have dice, so you have uncertainty whenever you go into there. I'm, I, I, apparently I'm Richard Lanius. <laughs> I just decided been, to add, Exactly, you've, like, you've well, absorbed his deck building, but... Well, dice? Why not dice? What's dice? Yeah. Dice are a deck building. Yeah, perfect. <laughs> <clears throat> They're brutal. The dice are brutal, but it also gives you an opportunity to have some like manipulation abilities, and those missions aren't guaranteed when you go on them. And I think mm-hmm. that's helpful because you really do want to combat Cobra. <clears throat> oh, the threat meter looks like a, an actual snake. Nice. You have the snake threat meter mm-hmm. that you put out onto your board, and uh, I think that's really cool. The... Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's a cool game. Like I said too, I it, with the the Power Ranger stuff. Just learning, I was able to learn some some uh, some cool tricks for how to how to make some like neat synergies for deck builders. So 
Uh, you'll see the Power Rangers Zeo expansion if you're interested in that. That's that's coming out soon, and that has my name plunked on it too. Uh, but yeah, there will be more in the future. I mean, the only thing I could say that would make the GI Joe game better, yeah, is, <laughs> is if I could play as Cobra. <laughs> exactly. And uh, but I won't go into that. I'll tell you this though, yeah. like that because of the the fact that they have the license, there's more opportunities to do other things. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So while this is co-op. And you can't play as Cobra. And I don't really think there's ever a reason to just be like, let's throw it in there. And now you can play as Cobra. Yeah. And it's a one it, versus... I think it's, it'd have to be a whole other entity. Yeah, yeah it's yeah. kind of like silly because then there's all kinds of other things that get, get messed up because of that. I think just keeping it co-op is good now. And then uh, you never know. You never know what's in the future. Too. I would love to see more G.I. Joe games. And that's all I'm saying. I'd like just a game that's just Cobra. <laughs> just Cobra! <laughs> just Cobra the social game. As long as, it, as long as it's not Cobra Law, we're all good. You're all trying to be trying to get to <laughs> become co- in control of Cobra and take over the world. Yeah, you're I, vying for control to be Cobra Commander. Perfect. Sounds I, great. I would do it. Uh, all right. Anything from you, Daryl? Before we sign off? No, I'm uh, I'm good. Okay. So uh, that's it for this episode of the State of Games. We'll be back next time with even more great board game discussion. Of course, we love hearing from all of you. So if you want to give us feedback or have any topics or new segments that you'd like to hear about, we can add them to the show. Just email thestateofgames at gmail.com or tweet them at thestateofgames. Um, be sure to, to pay attention to the State of Games and Dice Hate Me Twitters because we might have a little giveaway for the next episode. So I'll be announcing that pretty soon. You can also go to DiceHateMe.com and comment on the podcast or join Guild1903 on BoardGameGeek.com. We'd love to hear about you and your thoughts in the forum. You can also hit me up on Twitter at DiceHateMe and on Instagram. What about you two? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at GetLouder. And I am Puppy Shogun on the Twitter. On the Twitter. And Twitter. yeah, go buy, go buy G.I. Joe to the deck building game. <laughs> Support TC's endeavors. Go buy G.I. Joe. <laughs> All right. Well, until next time, thanks for listening, and may all your rolls be sixes. Sixes. <laughs> Yippee ki motherfucker.